sun is coming up slowly I didn't read any lost our sign on mine God knows I'm not holy And decisions we make and how we spend our time But I got faster and faster And you got harder to please and you got harder to find And our prayers were answered And we wrote these songs and we lost our minds And all our most brilliant friends are doubting This is going to be great for the uh, the extras episode we put out. Oh yeah, the DVD commentary. I can't wait to sit around and talk about us talking. <laughs> uh, hello feels a little formal. This is Friend Diagram, a show about differences. Uh, my name is Ian Riley, and here with me this and every week is the lead rhythm guitarist from the Nick Cage movie Seven Rounds, Rob Walls. Hi, Rob. Hey, Ian. I thought you were going to laugh at that. And you didn't, and now I'm just kind of here. Um, I was <laughs> trying to figure out what movie you were talking about, and I don't know if it's seven pounds or twelve rounds, or oh. if it's supposed to be all of these. No, I was trying to reference your band name and also the Nick Cage film, and apparently I got confused about Will Smith and Nicolas Cage making a joint film. Also, it was John Cena. <laughs> John Cena is... 12 rounds. rounds. Oh, 7 damn. rounds isn't a thing. I don't think. Mm. If only there was someone here who could help us. If only there was. Uh, good thing <laughs> today we have with us a special friend, Nick Amantinus. Uh That's me. Oh, shit. My normal friend, Rob. I don't think I've done... I've, like, in my head, always been like, oh, I'm going to do this intro correctly this time. And there's, like, 17 parts to it because I made it too complicated and I still have not gotten it right, I don't think. Well, you know, it's not that much of a big deal because most of the episodes got eaten by the podcast demons. Yay! So, it's fine. So I'm O for a smaller number. <laughs> o for, yeah, one or two at this point. That's not terrible. Um, yeah. Nick, have you heard of either of these, uh, I guess, three of these potentially movies? Uh, n- <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. Not, not my culture, I'm sorry. That's, that's, that's fine. That's A-okay. But you both get to be right. In my mind. Oh, I'm I'm wrong though. Well, speaking of both being right, uh, it is currently November seventh, twenty seventeen, which is one year after the twenty sixteen election. Uh, it's actually election day today. It is similarly rainy to how it was uh, last year, and uh, we're kind of gonna go back and forth because I got real, real sad and upset around the election last year. Um, Nick lived with me at the time. Uh, yeah. That was a a constant small topic of conversations, was like three minutes in the morning of like, so this election's still happening soon. Yeah, and I feel looking back... Oh, opening statement. uh, (laughs) Looking back, I feel like it was always treated like a a study of something so ridiculous. Yeah. It was was so fun to talk about because it was so theoretical, but I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into that more later. Hey, Rob, you have a fun thing on your door. I do have a fun thing on my door. So do you remember uh, last time you were over here for a podcast uh, and the big metal door outside my regular door was open? Yes, yes. And I said that this is the stupidest door to leave open because you could just kind of get in past it real easily and then get into all the apartments. Mm -hmm. But people keep leaving it open anyway. Well, it got left open yesterday and then a person got in to the apartments if only we could have foreseen this if only if only 
Um, so that that happened, um, and it wasn't my apartment, so that's fine for me, I guess. Uh, not so great for some other people here, but I didn't get burgled. Do you guys have... I normally scope this stuff in any building I'm in, but I don't think you have security cameras in this building. I don't believe so. Yeah, okay. Uh, this is too old. This is from before cameras were invented. Oh. They can't install things in this building that weren't invented at the time the building was invented. That, those are the rules. You guys They'd have, have to bring it up to code. Yeah. Uh, there were no codes for cameras then, so... If someone stands real still, you can get a daguerreotype of them. Oh, good. <laughs> yes. These are things I, wor- I learned from playing Life is Strange. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a video game about time travel, and mostly a video game where you learn eight times that daguerreotypes were the original photographs. Louis Daguerre was a French painter who created daguerreotypes. The Daguerrean process. The Daguerrean process. The Daguerrean process. The Daguerrean process. Um, so barring any daguerreotypes that might come to reveal this burglar, um, uh, my building put up the best thing they could in the meantime, which is a sign that says, hey, someone broke in yesterday and burgled someone. So please close all the doors and lock them, including that big steel gate. And Nick, what was unlocked when I came down to get you? <laughs> um, all of the doors, but specifically the large, large steel gate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Your door I'm going to just either. dump jump straight to the end and have an answer for my building for the what did we learn question nothing (laughs) that's what we've learned i don't think i've been burgled i feel like you'd know i my car got burgled once for questionable artifacts not that the artifacts were questionable burgling them was okay uh things that should not be things that probably should be burgled from cars uh phones uh gps things like that Thing I thing I learned today is that Rob has a list of things which should be burgled from a car. Well, you know, you like heard it here first. Expensive things, climbing gear, um, sure. Things Rip, I would murder. not expect to be burgled: a two-dollar phone charger and a pair of prescription sunglasses. <laughs> That's uh, gonna disappoint someone. <laughs> oh yeah, they tried to steal my battery, but there was too much front-end damage on that car for them to open the hood. So, take that, thieves. If only they stole the car. Good news, it's stick. That's an automatic theft deterrent for like uh, 82% of the U.S. population, I think. I don't know that statistic off the top of my head. Hmm. You know how to make one up, though. I do. Nick, have you been burgled? Uh, I, I also have been car burgled. Okay. I lost about 47 cents one time. That's horrible. But more than that, it, it was like a really strange feeling to know someone was in my car and I didn't invite them. And and it was it was bizarre. Every time I got in my car from there on after, uh, I was just like, there was someone there in the passenger seat just, like, going through everything. It's a little unsettling, like, to just get in your car after that. Yeah, and it, it wasn't like everything was torn to shreds. It kind of took a second to, to notice, like, oh, I didn't, I didn't leave this. Like, I had a mug. Uh, that Chelsea painted for me, like, oh, I didn't leave that mug, like, on on the passenger seat, and there was pens all over the floor. I was like, I didn't spill that, and I, you know, little little things. I slowly put the picture together, and that forty-seven cents, and that's what Never was in the mug. Forty-seven cents and pens, and they like spilled the mug and stole my forty-seven cents. That's cent. weird because if they went to go buy those pens, I'm sure they would be more than forty-seven cents. <laughs> it seems like the more valuable thing to steal here. But then you got a you got a fence stolen pens. Those are hot goods. 
I'm How sure about that, that there's priceless mug. No, you could probably <laughs> fence that. Go hang out outside of an exam. Um, kids are going to be running in at the like right before the exam starts. Realize they forget their pen. Five dollars. It's yours. I hate to know that I contributed to the crime scene in Philadelphia just by trying to take my test uh, as an ill-prepared student. You don't. You don't necessarily know where they came from. You don't know they're stolen. <laughs> These pens fell out of a truck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got two directions. What, uh, let's start with the sad one. Uh, so Calvin and Hobbes, I loved Calvin and Hobbes so fucking much as a kid. Um, and one of the weird things in Calvin and Hobbes is the time that they get burgled. Um, and the, the comic ends with the dad saying, this is one of those things you always figure will happen to someone else. And the mom saying, unfortunately... We're all someone else to someone else. And as, like, little eight-year-old Ian, I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> that, was, that was a terrifying idea, like, that it could just happen to you. Um, on a lighter note, hey, Nick, if they ransomed that cup to you, oh, uh, yeah, what would you, what is, like, a reasonable amount? You know, I, as soon as I said it's priceless, um, I did start trying to put a number on it in my head mm -hmm. and and i don't knowing it was stolen and and obviously I'd, I'd recognize it that'd be part of the point uh i'd probably be so frustrated and i know chelsea would enjoy painting another one i'd just be like hey chelsea can you make me another one that's a good answer that way i've defeated the thief except that now he's drinking pens and change out of your mug that does hurt that will hurt him more than <laughs> it hurts you in this case him or her uh, yeah, correct. It will hurt them more than it hurts you. Speaking of drinking pens and change out of a mug, Rob, do you want to eat some food? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> chalk up another. This mic. is not my week. Uh, yeah, I'd love to eat some food. I got these glutinous pretzels. Mmm, I'd love to poison myself. Oh, these are gluten-free candy cane JoJo's, which are the Trader Joe's Oreos with uh, like little. What are they called? Candy canes? Peppermints? Crushed up candy canes. Is there a difference between a candy cane and a peppermint, though? Uh, I think peppermint's the flavor. Yeah. The, the, the driving flavor. But as far as what you were saying, probably just form factor? So when's the last time you ate, like, an Oreo or Oreo substitute? Oh, Oreo substitute? I, I don't know. Like, I just don't remember. It's been within the past probably six months. Okay. Um, they're not horrendously uncommon. I just don't go out of my way to find them. Last time I ate an Oreo was ten years ago. I can deny that fact. Oh, there was that time that I accidentally... There, there was an ice cream cake with hidden Oreo. It got, the, it got the best of Rob. I forgot about that. Never mind. Then I have not intentionally eaten an Oreo since uh, 2007. Alright, let's see how these are. Uh, I ate about half the sleeve of Peppermint JoJo's uh, <laughs> already today. Oh, well that's good. And you can still give your feedback. They were well, the, the gluten-full version. You're the only one here then that can evaluate them equally, but... Ian, have you eaten... I don't want to force ...the so. normal Peppermint JoJo's in the past? Uh, like a year ago, and I didn't think they were as good as you do. <laughs> so the cookie's really brittle. It's very brittle. It's brittle even for... Um, gluten-free cookies and like it's lighter than most gluten-free cookies less dense 
Which is actually kind of a nice turn for gluten-free cookies, because they're almost universally pretty dense. I was going to say, Nick, what is your favorite, like, what, what are the, the qualities in a Trader Joe's uh, Peppermint Joe-O that you enjoy? Uh, the number one quality in a Peppermint Joe-Jo is that it's dipped in milk. Mm. And we're going to miss that one. Yep, yep. So I'm prepared to be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) But outside of that, I think it's pretty obvious. It's the peppermint that really separates it from a normal Oreo. And I think uh, Trader Joe's, like, filling is just so much more satisfying than, like, an Oreo. Do you... What do you think of, like, the cookie part? And I realize there's two parts, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, pretty standard, and I was just more interested in this as, like, oh, I wonder what a gluten-free thing tastes like uh, more than I'm interested in Got the it. gluten-free version of this. Okay. I hadn't thought about a gluten-free cookie before. It's kind of rare that you find, like, direct one-to-one comparisons, too. Like, Oreo doesn't make a gluten-free Oreo, so it's nice that they have what's ostensibly the same cookie. Nick is far deeper in thought than I could be while eating this particular cookie. I'm going to say surprisingly light. It's actually, like, airier than even the non-gluten-free one. Yeah, yeah, like, it doesn't have... uh, Uniformity is kind of a wrong word to it. But, like, it's a less dense cookie than a regular Oreo. Or, I guess, JoJo's. JoJo. I always mix up the JoJo... Are these JoJo's? They are JoJo's. These are the Oreos, but Joe's O's are the Cheerios. And oh, okay. As a huge fan of Cheerios, uh, Jozo's does not hold even a candle to the torch that is Cheerios. I spent about a year and a half lying to myself and saying that, like, yeah, this is an acceptable good breakfast cereal. And, like, I enjoy a lot of, like, supermarket bag cereal. Like, no problems with any of that, but Trader Joe's needs to step up their cereal game. Yeah. I still haven't eaten the Cheerios. I know. Country. Listen, there was there were two taste tests that I was going to do today, but I saw these. I was going to do that originally. I was going to say some spoon salsa, and I was going to make you close your eyes and eat Cheerios when you thought it was going to be salsa. All right. Um, but instead, I saw these in the grocery store, and knowing Nick was going to be here, this seemed like a better idea. Yeah, this was... This was moderately better than blindfolding you and feeding you Cheerios. <laughs> See, now you're going to have to feed me Cheerios, but tell me it's salsa, so I think it's something either than either of them. If anything, I'm going to just give you Cheerios and tell you it's Cheerios, and you're going to be suspicious. That, that would work, too. You could give me Cheerios and insist it's salsa, even after I've eaten. <laughs> I think you just shouldn't trust Ian if he puts a blindfold on you. Mm. That's, a good, that's a good metric, too. Yeah. I guess we could also just only do this with another person here, so we could uh, like properly double blind it. Oh, it's it's not double blind. They're only Cheerios. Oh, okay, okay. We're not testing this against Joe. I'm not gonna give you like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, which I don't know if I can eat. <laughs> <laughs> no. Here, eat these two and tell me which one gives you abdominal distress. <laughs> um, I I want the version of this double blind test. Where you, the tester, <laughs> is blind because you have a blindfold on, and Ian, the person administering the test, is also blindfolded, and you just struggle <laughs> to feed him. See, the thing is, we That'd both be the blind feeding the blind. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, I cut you off with a better joke. What was yours? 
Uh, no, the the joke there would be that we did actually know the things we were giving Nick. So while although we were both blinded, it was not a double blind study, mm. or vice versa. Whoever was administering it and should have been blinded was actually just blind. What percent of the enjoyment is the peppermint milk afterwards? Um, for me, is that like a bonus or is that like a part of it? Uh, it it mostly picks up just chocolate bits. Okay. And therefore is just sedimenty milk. <laughs> I'm trying to... I'm not much of like a... Oh, that's a lie. I love the Trader Joe's Dunkers. This is a friend diagram, a show about Trader Joe's. <laughs> uh, they sell these Dunkers, which is like if you took biscotti, but instead had a six-year-old invent biscotti. So it's just a chocolate chip cookie with more chocolate on it. Um, the other day, I thought I saw chocolate Dunkers, which would have been chocolate... Like a chocolate chocolate chip cookie with chocolate on the back of it but it turns out that i was just looking at the back side of a box of dunkers <laughs> um i i immediately grew distressed when i thought that it was chocolate 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 covered dunkers uh i have several follow-ups yeah go for it uh follow-up one dunkers without chocolate on the bottom utter trash never eat them bullshit they <laughs> They sell the compost ones where it's like, oh, we put raisins in this. And it's like, no, no, you, you missed the boat. These are like the chocolate chip dunkers, but they're not chocolatey coated. Yeah, so it's just a biscotti. Like, it's just a cookie. Like, it's no better than a biscotti. Uh, but also worse than a biscotti because it could have been a dunker. <laughs> yeah. It just had so much potential and it wasted. Um, point two. Uh, I eat these Dunkers uh, every morning at work. Yeah. Every morning at my coffee. Uh, which is the number way to, one way to eat Dunkers is is dunked in coffee. Uh, and my boss walks up behind me and taps me on the shoulder. And I'm like, yep, I've eaten a cookie for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> what adult thing do you have to talk about? I'm not sure if that's better or worse than uh, my move which is guy who occasionally the bus hits a bump and part of the eggs that I'm eating out of a Tupperware falls on the floor. Um, I'm not sure. Or on on, on uh, most days, it's guy who did not eat breakfast and then got pulled into a three-hour meeting, and now it's 12.30 and you're eating cold eggs at your desk. My food that I've worked that's weird is a packet of Fun Dip from my co-worker's son's school valentine's day party that my coworker brought in as halloween candy this is at your still yeah did this travel with you from jobs no no this is something that happened like this candy was brought in yesterday so they forgot when valentine's day is uh no did you mean halloween uh it's in a pumpkin shape or pumpkin designed bag but in that pumpkin designed bag there are candy canes snowmen <laughs> Valentine's Day candy, a random candy with no seasonal uh, attachment to it. I think some Easter candy, um, and not a bit of fall or Halloween themed candy. So they gave you a New Year's bag for Halloween. Uh, I mean, mostly they just got a whole bunch of new candy and decided they wanted to get rid of their old candy <laughs> and just kind of left it on a table. We've slowly been going through it. So are there those hearts? Uh, no hearts. What well, Valentine's candy doesn't have hearts? Well, I mean, the, it has hearts on it, but, like, are you thinking the ones that are, like, Necco wafers? The ones hearts? that are terrible, yeah. Uh, no, apparently <laughs> my coworkers' children only have bad taste and ate all of them. Oh. 
I'm I'm impressed with with this person for saving candy that long. Seriously. I mean, I think it's just that their kids didn't eat it, which doesn't make sense because everything I know about their kids, aside from the fact that their kids, seems like they would only eat this if given a chance. Sure, which to my mind paints a picture of hidden candy, which they didn't eat. <laughs> or lost candy. Lost they were cleaning candy. out the couch to celebrate Halloween. Mm. As as all good Puritans do. See, but none of it seems like it's that, you know um Well all the evil spirits get in the couch at that point. You need to to get all the oh, evil I see, things I see. out. So that they don't possess your um shoes with belt buckles on them. <laughs> uh <laughs> That is kind of a weird symbol. Yeah. That both makes me think of Halloween and the church. <laughs> oh, oh, I meant Thanksgiving. Do, do hats with belt buckles on them? Yeah. Was it the same? Okay. Um, belts with you belt wear buckles? On your- <laughs> so they, belts with belt buckles are already haunted. That is a foregone conclusion. That's why suspenders are a more holy garment. Um, I don't know where I was going. Yeah, you got soda rail? Yeah. I'm just going to pick it up. Let's so, go. Um, this is going to circle around in a minute, but uh, whenever I like see a picture of someone from a podcast that I've been listening to for a long time, or even a short time, like... I have these pictures in my head of people I listen to, which never are anything like what the people look like. Um, So I saw, I like, without meaning to, saw a picture of people that, like, run a podcast. I I saw a picture of, like, the people from The Incomparable. And I was just like, oh, my God, no, I messed up. Like, uh, it felt like I had been rickrolled. Like, I just accidentally pranked myself. But... Uh, suffice it to say, I am, like, a pretty, like, skinny person just because of a combination of, like, walking and biking a bunch and generally not eating enough a lot of the time. Uh, so if I'm ever sad or stressed or just know I haven't been eating enough, my usual move is to buy the Trader Joe's Pound Plus Bar, uh, which is a half kilogram of chocolate, which they break into squares as if to lie to you and tell you, like, oh, you'll bake this into something. But instead, it's, like, $4 for over a pound of chocolate and i will easily eat that in two and a half days i don't know how this family could have so many different candies on them i i am honestly flabbergasted but thankful it has made uh just intermittently snacking on things that work much nicer (laughs) so so when they're having a big important meeting in your office you can walk around eating sugar off a stick which you licked and the stick is also made of sugar i did i did decide not to that in the office today okay that was just going a little too far so now you're gonna steal from work in order to enjoy this fun dip in the privacy of your own home i'm not gonna steal they brought it in set it up for everybody hmm yes i see i don't think there's there's anything much different from taking the one fun dip and eating it in the comfort of your own home than there is from chowing down on a chocolate santa while you know company bigwigs are in the conference room right next to your desk so you did kill Santa. I did. I killed a couple of Santas. They kept coming back, and I kept killing them. It's very Halloween-y of you. It did kind of fit. You have to make it fit the motif somewhat. Zombie Santa is pretty much as close as we could get, given what we had. There's not too much creepy... Well, I mean, there's some creepy stuff about Valentine's Day, but not in the manner yeah. of parts. <laughs> it's a different kind of horror movie. Yeah. For some reason, it occurred to me to, like you know, dunk on Jack Black there for no reason. <laughs> what? Uh, like, for what, like Shallow Hal or something? Just to be like, oh yeah, probably involving Jack Black. Ha 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 ha. 
Even though I have no reason to, and am not sure if he's a creep or a nice person. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We, we've already established that I don't even know one person in either <laughs> of two movies, neither of which I could get correct. So, <laughs> we, can, we can start there. <laughs> um, my aunt, every Christmas, she will give us these bags of candy. And I guess that, like, people must not take them home, or she, like, buys too many and gives us extra. Because, like, any time I'm at my parents' house, there's just chocolate Santas and, like, little wrapped chocolate ornaments that are a, like, hidden basement treat that no one seems to eat but Ian. Hidden basement treat does not sound like a treat. Maybe that's what happened. It's on a shelf. It's an elf on a shelf. (laughs) You ate the elf on on the shelf? shelf? What? I don't think you're supposed to do that. We did you guys do Elf on a Shelf? Uh, I barely know what Elf on a Shelf is. I, is I don't like the Christmas expression tradition? on its face. That's is, what I know. Is this an organized thing from your childhood, or which part? Elf on a Shelf or eating chocolate? Elf on a Shelf. Elf on a Shelf was not part of my childhood. I I know it to be part of current children's childhood. Yeah, I don't I don't really understand it. We did have some like little like wooden board elves. Okay. That like kind of sat on the edge of my mantle oh so this is just a creepy thing that exists in your house like that doll of a clown child i had yes but only around christmas oh this was year round including christmas uh well it sat on the radiator so oh that's that's much worse that's worse so much worse i don't know why but that's much worse (laughs) (laughs) um no elf on a shelf is like a thing where you have this toy elf, and then I think that you're supposed to do it while the kid sleeps. You just move it to a different part of the house and set it up differently. So part of it is like, oh, it's on this shelf. Now it's like on, you know, the windowsill. Now it's on the edge of your bed. There's, I don't, look I, guys, there's the internet. I don't understand what you do when you move the elf. I know I can look this up, but I haven't. Well, it's, it's maybe it's kind of like ripping off Toy Story. So, like, the elf is alive, but then when you're there, like, oh, I'm just sitting here on the shelf. There must be something more entertaining than keeping track of an elf on a daily basis. Wait, do I go to that, guys? So, here I am. Uh, spoiler alert for Elf on a Shelf. <laughs> if, you're three. if we have any eight-year-old listeners, I'm sorry in so many ways. <laughs> uh, I'm on elfontheshelf.com, uh, which is a very poorly put-together website. And I just need to know, welcome the Elf on the Shelf. Santa Kids has a special experience. I can't read the word for, but I know it's there, you grown-ups. So, am I supposed to go to the kids' site or the grown-ups' site? Um, I think we're going to have to do both here. All right. I'll open multiple tabs. Uh, let's start with the grown-ups so we can learn all the cool things the grown-ups know. I, think there's a, I feel like there's a Christmas movie about the elf on a shelf. The first thing it says on the kid's side is just White Santa. Oh, this is... Mm. Oh, right, Santa. Right. Oh. <laughs> this is, that is not good cursive. <laughs> Look, it's that's a really tall first part of that R. The end oh. of the W is not helping either. Yeah, okay. We could play games, fun facts. There's not really much... There's an app for the Elf on a Shelf where you can appear to wash a reindeer. I guess it's like a, a, not a Neopet. What's the other one? Tamagotchi. Except if you let your Tamagotchi die, Santa doesn't deliver any presents. Yo, Elf on a Shelf website is not helping me out here. This is not the cultural font that I thought it would be. 
I mean, they might just be selling a doll. That that could just no. Be there's it. like a book and there's like a tradition. They're they're also selling books and traditions. <laughs> you know, it's a tradition because the book is called Elf on a Shelf: A Christmas Tradition. <laughs> <laughs> It's a 2005 p- children's picture book. Okay, so we are all a little old by then. A Jewish counterpart to Elf on a Shelf was created, Mensch on the Bench. I can't really agree with that. I, I kind of like that one better, if only because that's kind of more applicable year-round. You can just keep that going. It's <laughs> yeah. a good argument. Cody Decker, the starting left fielder for Team Israel at the 2017 World Baseball Classic, brought the team's mascot, a five-foot version of the Mensch on the Bench. All right, that's just a person who sits on a bench. Yeah, like, that's me. <laughs> Is the Mensch a good thing? Uh, it's like a person. That, that's literally it. Like. Okay. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm crazy. I thought this was supposed to be... I thought this was supposed to be something where, like, parents move it around the house. I think it is. But I can't find anything about it. We'll They're not have... selling me on this elf on a shelf business. Wait, but what was the actual question? You were asking me about my basement chocolates. Oh, yeah, we were saying that um, a hidden basement treat doesn't sound like very much a treat. It's very much a treat, because anytime I go home, I'm just like, okay, well, I don't feel like making food out of anything that's in the fridge... And I also don't feel like, because, like, I don't want to add an extra hour to being here if it's just, like, to make food. So I'm like, what is something small I can eat um, that is not very stale pretzels? Uh, Side note, the bag of pretzels I brought tonight, half of them are very stale in the, like, super hard way, and half of them are very stale in the very soft way. And I'm wondering if these Jozos are going to get soft and, like, soft stale. I guess we'll have to leave some out and test that. Follow up. Yep. Um, yeah, but, you know, basement chocolates. It's great. Everyone wins, especially me. There's also somehow, like, uh, also, like, fridge chocolates of the same kind, which don't get eaten, but do not last as long. So I think we're currently out of uh, basement chocolates. Wait, the fridge chocolate doesn't last as long as in it goes bad? Oh, no, as in it gets eaten. Like, someone else... That's the weirder part of it, though. Like, someone sees that chocolate in the fridge and is like, ah, yes, some cold chocolate. Let's go for that. Um, My entire family talks like Scrooge. (laughs) I would probably eat that before some chocolate I found in a basement. It's not... My my basement is not a dungeon from, like, like a video game. Neither is my parents' basement, but if I was, you know, looking around trying to find the tool bag I had when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, cool, here's a giant chocolate Santa or something, or a small chocolate Santa, I'm like, I'm not gonna eat This is, like, on a shelf above the soda. Rob's obsessed with killing Santa. Oh, so, like, in a pantry, in a place you would expect food. Here, I'm thinking, like... (laughs) To be fair, to be fair, it is located above the soda, but below the nails. So... (laughs) Your argument was helped, and then just uh, no longer helped. It's a place... Oh, how's this? It's a place I expect to find food, because it's where the uh, hidden chocolate is. It's Christmas. Where else are you going to put it? That's, <laughs> gotcha that's there. a good point. Yeah, I don't... I don't know the layout of your parents' basement. I can't really say. <laughs> it was unclear to me for years if we were, like, stealing cable, because there's all sorts of weird, just, like, things running through the ceiling of the basement. There's not so much like all kinds of weird things running through the ceiling of my folks' basement, um, but well, it's fixed now. It used to just be a very poorly wired electrical system, wherein the house had two different electrical systems. Uh, two different like 
old and new? Yeah, like half of our stuff was on an old system, half of our stuff was on new, and one day the old just kind of died. So half of our house had power. All of our stuff is on a the system, um, but the parts in my bedroom are definitely, in my old bedroom, are definitely from before the electrical code. Um, and all, like not to the point that it's like knob and tube wiring, but to the point that like none of it makes any sense and the colors do not match any standard I could find. Nice. So it's fun when my parents just like repaint the bedroom and fill the outlet with paint. <laughs> and then I have to replace it. Uh. But if our house burns down, then I did none of that because I'm not a licensed electrician. Oh, well, here's the light story. <laughs> this, this one's so stupid. Okay, so we've got this We've got this down at the Navy Yard. We've got this uh, this cafeteria. Um, I, got, I got two cafeteria stories. One of them is that uh, we're on the same campus as Urban Outfitters, and I dress pretty well, maybe, question mark. But uh, some days I get given the Urban Outfitters discount because with this amount of hair, there's no way I work for the government. And other days, I do not. And it's a crapshoot, even with the same people. Um, if they ask me if I work for Urban, I always say no. But if they are just give me the discount, I don't go back and say anything. Uh, so the other day, I was checking out, and Matt, my coworker Matt, uh, was just fr- really frustrating me this day. Um, I, I was picking up lunch for him, and he knows how long it takes for me to walk over to the cafeteria. And I said, okay, I'll text you a picture of like the different sandwiches, and you can let me know. So I text him, and then 10 minutes later, he still had not responded. So I called him, and he's like, oh, I don't know how I missed it. Like, I was looking at my phone the whole time. And I'm like, you fuck. But I, I go, and I check out, and I pay for my stuff. And they're like, do you work for Urban? I'm like, no, no. Uh, so no discount. And then I check out, and I buy Matt's stuff, because I'm buying it with his cash. And they give me the fucking discount. So, <laughs> so now... I'm I'm saddled with a like being frustrated at this person who just got a discount when I didn't. Not that I earned the discount, but also b there's no way for Matt to know that I got the discount and it was twenty percent off a ten dollar thing. So I could very easily just hand him the ten dollars and it's the same. It's like I, I it's kind of a delivery fee. Like he got an extra half hour of work in. He didn't have to walk over there. Yeah. Yeah. What would you have done? I probably would have given him the full <laughs> change and been mad that I did it. This feels exactly appropriate. That's full exactly. change and just guilt for doing the right thing. Yeah, well, exactly. Not so much guilt. I would... Uh, I'd classify it as guilt personally. Not guilt for doing the right thing. Resentment at being com- feeling compelled to do the right thing. Oh, no, I have no resent. I wish I were better at doing the right thing. Like, I don't have resentment at wanting to do the right thing. I guess more than anything, uh, I'm just like, oh, fuck. Like, I wish we, I wish he didn't get the discount, too. Or, like, yeah. either, either both or neither. But the other thing that's confusing is that he checked out second, so the person already knew that I didn't have the discount. Yeah, that's a very confusing part of this. Maybe they just gave it to you for honesty the first time. No. <laughs> oh, you're buying two things? Yeah, I'll give you half. <laughs> you should have done that. Give him eleven dollars back. It's actually not bad. Split the discount. That's 
Instead, I was just like, you know what? Like, maybe he's having a tough day or something. So I handed him the cash and I lied to him. And I said, hey, we got the discount. Um, that's the route I went. Uh, but, but then let's time travel like four days. Um, I had this uh, training for work where I was forced to take an hour lunch, which is an absurd amount of lunch time. Um, I take half hour because it's mandated that I take half hour. But, like, no more than that. I have coworkers who will take an hour and a half sometimes, and it's like, why, why would you come in an hour earlier just to, like, sit around at lunch? That's not the way my brain works. I don't know what I would do for an hour and a half. I eat at my desk. Yep, yep. I don't take a lunch, even though I'm mandated to take half an hour, and I just hang out at work. I, I do, like, an extra half hour of lazy work. Oh, okay. What I've been doing with my mandated half hour is spending, like, 10 minutes eating and then reading for 20 minutes see i at my old job i didn't have a mandated like time i had to spend at lunch but i had to be at work for eight to five so that was a mandated nine hours that i had to be there but like expected working time was only 40 hours so i basically had a mandated one hour lunch and i'd end up doing like 10 minutes of eating and 50 minutes of breathing I would have much rather had a half-hour lunch. That would have been great. Oh, absolutely. Let me read on my couch. Yeah, like, um, let me get home a half-hour earlier. Yeah. But there I am with this, like, weird hour. Uh, so I decide, you know what? I'm going to splurge. Um, let me go, and I'm going to get a ramen today instead of the pizza that I'd normally get at the cafeteria. So I go, I get this, like, big bowl of ramen, and even though it's fall and they've taken away all the tables outside... It was still pretty nice, so I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go eat outside. I go outside. I put the ramen down on the stone bench next to me. I sit down. I put my bag down. I spill all of the ramen all oh. over everything. So there's, like, this, this like, concrete bench where I spill out most of the noodles and most of the, like, all of the liquid, basically, and the egg and most of the meat. And I was just, like, defeated. Do you guys want to take a very easy bet? Okay. What what are we what are we wagering here? I think Nick already knows the bet and the outcome. <laughs> he did eat all the food. Yes. But how did you do that with the liquid that spilled? Well, not with the liquid, but the rest of it. Oh, okay. But I felt real weird about it. it. I think if there were more people outside, I wouldn't have. But given that there was almost no one around, I was like, I don't want to go spend. Like I don't like this was supposed to be my like treat fancy lunch. Like, you know, making a good day out of this, and then I just spilled it everywhere. So I did eat all this food, and I felt kind of weird about it. I, I will say, um, like, money is a weird thing, but I have gotten to the point where I feel like in that situation, I would have been like, okay, let's try again. Really? <laughs> yeah. There are, like, little things now where I, I do feel like, and I can't really name one off the top of my head, but, like, I feel like that's the kind of scenario where I'd be like, okay, yes, ramen. Well, take two. See, for me, I, I, I know what you're saying, where you're like, I can, I would rather pay the money than the stress. Yes. Where, for me, that's like, you know what, I'm not going to get in, t I'm not going to mail the check for this Pico in time, but instead of feeling bad about it, I will pay the $2 processing fee to do a credit card. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are little trades for stress that I'm happy I get to make. And I'm super happy to make those too. But this ramen was like, two and a half times as expensive as I'd normally spend on lunch. 
Okay, that's like, fair. I normally spend like a six dollar lunch at the most, or four. Um, like I try not to eat out, but if I am, I'm gonna do like a four or six dollar lunch, pre-discount. Um, and this was this was like a, a thirteen dollar ramen. Oh yeah, other thing that I forgot about. I also was like, you know, as long as I'm treating myself, let me treat myself. And so uh, I also bought a cookie, which I spilled the ramen all onto. Oh. <laughs> So I had this no. plastic bag with a cookie in it, filled with ramen liquid. I, this does change the equation. Yeah, I still ate the cookie also, but <laughs> but the bag was sticky with ramen. <laughs> and the cookie was not as good. It was, it was an even sea saltier cookie than they meant it to be. Um, I think also, in my head, uh, ramen is still... A cheap thing. Oh, well, it's it's different. There's like packet ramen, and then there's like eating out ramen. Ramen in my head is is only packet ramen. Okay. In San Diego, there's this like fucking amazing ramen place that I go to, where it is. This is like the number one thing in this universe that convinces me like why people would live in the suburbs. Because I will drive an extra 25 minutes out of my way to get this ramen. I definitely understand that I am doing ramen an injustice by continuing to understand ramen to be nothing but a, a plastic container thing. What's the place in Philly? Rami? Reiki? Rama? You are asking the wrong person right now. What's ramen made of? Can you eat it? Uh, Arakawa. Uh, what, what is it? Is oh, it no, no, what's ramen made of? Let's start there. Uh, I don't know. Okay. But um, at least for like packet ramen, I've always just kind of assumed that it's going to be wheat based because it's going to be cheap. Um, it's like the kind of thing that's diff- kind of difficult to ascertain sometimes, especially because if it's got like broth in it, that's not guaranteed to be yeah. free. And that's a tough one to track down because unless you're really paying attention. And, and as far as like, I hope this doesn't come off offensively, just like as far as Chinatown, like it is less. You may not be able to ask that question as well or have it be as accepted as, like, in whatever other random restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes there's a little... Like, if there's a potential for a language barrier, that can be difficult. Yeah. Anyway, Terakawa um, is supposed to be really good. Tony really loves it. And I went and was not impressed. I was going to drop a line about how this podcast is sponsored by Terakawa and Trader Joe's. Um, but you ruined it. And uh, salsas. <laughs> blindfold salsa. <laughs> this guy gets his salsa from a blindfold. <laughs> is that is that one of those like weirdly imprinted commercials for you guys? The 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 this guy gets his chili from New York. I have no idea what that commercial is. No, never okay. heard of that. Hey, this stuff's made New York City. New, New York, York City! City. Can we talk about? Uh, Guys, why can't this be the Christmas episode? We can do another Christmas episode later. We have to. Um, there's definitely going to be a Christmas episode. Uh, can we? Uh, can you guys just tell me one commercial in the world which is like forever a part of your life? I have maybe forty. Oh, uh, the one that comes to mind is a hotel commercial. Okay. Um, a local hotel or a national hotel? No, like a national hotel. Um, this isn't anything as good as the end of the. So it's a, a bleary-eyed guy in a like a button-down shirt who's looks like he's just gotten to breakfast, um, but isn't really awake yet. Um, 
he grabs the ketchup in front of him, uh, looks at it, and shakes it, uh, but the lid is off, and then you just see a giant red splotch appear on the white shirt of the person behind him. And then it goes into whatever the thing is about getting a good night's sleep in the hotel. <laughs> I don't remember the hotel, but I remember that 15 seconds. There's so many, the fact that there's so many, like, weird, there's not even weird details, but, like, I'm sure in your telling of it, you're leaving out a lot of very specific details you remember. Um, yeah, probably just, like, I think the guy's shirt is, like, blue. Like, that's the only other weird detail, aside from the oh. fact that, like, the guy is, like, the little motions that someone does when they're acting. Do like, you want to talk more about this commercial or how you, we can, do we want to split off to talk about how you shake ketchup or do we want to talk about these commercials? Um, Let's talk about ketchup real quick. How do you shake a bottle of ketchup? <laughs> this isn't going to be real quick if I say this. What kind of bottle? Uh, <laughs> glass or plastic? You take your pick. Uh, plastic, you just you hit grab the, the thing and you just shake it. Uh, the glass. No, what does just shake it mean? Uh, where are your hands? One hand or two hand operation? Uh, if it's anything... Plastic bottle. Just Well, that depends on the size. You can get, like, the 44-ounce ones that are ridiculous and you need two hands. Um, you thought this would be quick. I did. I'm a good project manager. <laughs> <laughs> um, one hand shake. Just grab anywhere as long as the lid is sealed with a um, plastic bottle. I looked over in fear at Nick just now because I'm scared that you're about to say... I don't know why, but I'm scared you're about to tell me that you don't shake ketchup. Oh, um, don't be this kind of person, please. Guys. I have the same tenseness from last fake week. <laughs> I don't really do a lot of condiments. Okay. Generally. Okay. But, you know, I've had to shake condiments before, and, and, I, and if I can expand and generalize beyond ketchup, because it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I like, yeah. I like the taste of foods. Sure. And ketchup just kind of tends to cover the taste of the food I'm enjoying. What if you like the taste of ketchup, though? That's my and problem. And you get these neat potato shovels. You know, to each their own. All right. Um, but I, I believe almost all ketchup shaking is, is a two-hand operation. Where do the two hands go? Opposite ends of the bottle. Top, okay. top and bottom, side and side? Top and bottom. Okay. My dad, in one of those memories that you have as a... Well, in one of those memories of which I have a thousand of a kid... Uh, where I can't remember anything useful and I literally will have the same conversation twice in an hour. Um, I remember distinctly this time I shook a ketchup bottle with one hand and my dad got so mad at me and was like, the ketchup bottle is going to open up and then you're going to squeeze it and you're going to throw ketchup all on a plastic bottle. You're going to throw ketchup all over the kitchen. <laughs> and just like that memory has stuck with me. So if I'm home, I will either jokingly shake the ketchup with one hand and stare at my dad or I will shake the ketchup with two hands one in the middle, one on the bottom <laughs> um, which would be, Rob, just because you're similarly upset about people not shaking the ketchup which is more upsetting to you, someone eating someone not shaking the bottle of ketchup before they put it on the plate with their fries or someone eating uh, fries with mustard um not shaking the uh yeah same you get that weird ketchup liquid yeah i don't like that at least mustard like i'm not a fan of yellow mustard but the rest of it that could be pretty good <laughs> by the rest of it you mean french fries no no i mean the rest of mustard like the other kinds of mustard that aren't yellow mustard. uh i see nick do you want to tell me about a commercial um 
I'm probably not the best person to talk to about commercials. Uh, I didn't really grow up with TV, uh, but oddly enough, one of the first commercials that jumped into my head when you asked about really iconic commercials that I like, and it's a little bit of a of a sidestep, but like commercial formats and or tropes okay. of local areas. Oh, which yep. I'm sure you could really get into, but like Chelsea's hometown has like these car commercials. Where the guy at the end just says, it's going to be huge, is his thing. Back to basics, it's huge. Local car guy is one of the best people in the world. I think He's those, up there with Furniture Man. Those have the power to stick with you. Um, so, Rob, if I said 800 I yeah, think, yeah. Yep. I can't remember. I can't remember the rest of the numbers. Empire today. And then they changed the jingle a little bit, and also the weird like CGI man. Oh, no. So that one's like baked into my brain. Uh, same with the Stanley Steamer commercial and a bunch of others. But uh, there's going back to like weird local commercials. There have been times when I will listen to a podcast of people from somewhere else and they will make a joke about a local commercial and they're like, no one is going to enjoy this unless you live in our area code. And I'm like, you guys have no idea. This is the best thing to me. <laughs> like hearing people talk about their local furniture dealer and like sing the jingle, I'm ecstatic. Um, but the number one, like, always with me commercial, even on top of the Four Eyes My Brand guy, My Brand, is the Christmas commercial with M&Ms and Santa, where the red and the yellow M&M are walking around, and they're like, oh, there's uh, the red M&M's like, oh, Santa, he's not real. And then the red M&M and Santa bump into each other, and uh, the red M&M goes, he does exist. And Santa faints and goes, they do exist. It's maybe the finest piece of cinematography in the world. Well, it is great. It does seem to kind of have, like, a minor plot hole to me in that Santa should have known they were there. Because otherwise he's just delivering random presents to a house. <laughs> or two M&Ms break into a house. Oh, yeah. They probably didn't close that big metal gate on the front door. They got burgled. They did get burgled. On Christmas Eve, too. It's funny because it happened to someone else. <laughs> so I'm sitting here trying to combine M&M's with the the phrase, the Italian job, and then, nope, giving up on that. With the Grinch, nope, giving up on that. With Ocean's Eleven, nope, giving up on that. <laughs> I'm going to think of a pun when I go through it to this later. It's going to frustrate me. It's the Italian M&M job, you idiot. I'm just trying to figure out how you're connecting all of them. Uh, places where the M&Ms would break in. Oh, okay. I thought we were still on Christmas. I was like, I, I haven't seen some of those movies, but I don't think they're oh. all Christmas. The Italian Job's on Netflix. You should, it's pretty... It's a like, light heist movie. You should watch it. I will. If you feel like it. I'll put it on my list. I'll watch it one day. Neutral endorsement. Um... I'm interested. This isn't the Christmas special. Okay. <laughs> uh, weirdest Christmas movie? Weird. Uh, I need more. Weird is such a vague term. Uh, least Christmas appropriate. Definitely still a Christmas movie. Uh, and I'm thinking oh. uh, of of one movie in particular. 
I'm gonna just pull up a tweet uh, while Rob thinks. I'm just trying to think of that of the song that we figured out was simultaneously both a Christmas song and not a Christmas song. Oh, uh, the uh, a few of my favorite things. Yeah. Um, this is a conversation Rob and I had on the way back from the Ren Fair. Oh shit, Ren Fair going on the list. Um, um, because I haven't heard Nick talk about this at all. But uh, we decided that these are a few of my favorite things is a, depending on who you ask, it's either a non-Christmas song, which gets played at Christmas time, or it's a Christmas song, which also gets played not at Christmas. And it does seem to occupy both both regions. But as far as like a non-Christmas Christmas movie. My uh, movie that fits this niche is Lethal Weapon. I don't know if I've seen Lethal Weapon. I definitely haven't. Okay. Uh... Hopefully it's on Netflix. You should watch it. <laughs> Maybe if you want to. Uh, Jordan uh, Jordan Morris from Jordan Jessica at Jordan underscore Morris on Twitter. October eighteenth, twenty seventeen. It's not even Halloween yet, and loud dudes are already acting like they're the first person to tell you that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> That's the one I meant. <laughs> Actually. Actually, I see. Here I am. See here, here I am thinking like, oh well, I haven't seen Lethal Weapon. Is that the one where you shout? Uh, I think Lethal Weapons where they wear the president masks, the Nixon mask. He shoots his gun up in the air and he yells real loud. I think that's you're thinking of Point Break. Break. Point? Oh, I am thinking of Point Break. No, <laughs> here I am mansplaining movies to you <laughs> that I have not seen. Okay, Christmas movie that's not a Christmas movie. That. I mean, Home Alone is, like, a little bit of Christmas movie. I think it's more Christmas movie than Die Hard. Yeah. Because, like, there are actual sentiments of, like, take care of other people and, like, treasure your family even if you're not, uh, even if you don't get along with them the rest of the year. Uh, did Home Alone 2 take place at Christmas time, too? Oh, yeah, it did. That one feels even less of a Christmas movie. So I'm gonna. Because he's not at home. Uh, I just remember less Christmas overtones from that movie. That's weird because that one feels more like Christmas to me. There's all the kid. There's the children's choir singing while he sets up the last scene. Maybe it's just that I don't remember it as well. Oh, I got my answer. Uh, Harry Potter. Solid answer. Yeah, ABC Family slash Freeform is always selling me that Harry Potter is a Christmas movie, and it is not. It, yeah, no. Also a Halloween movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, my favorite Halloween movie from the list of this is a Halloween movie now. Deal with it. Toy Story. Yep. They they. It's more a Christmas movie than a Halloween movie. It's it's neither. Pretty soon to celebrate Harry's birthday, they're going to be playing Toy Story during Harry Potter weekend, and that's when things have really gone awry at Freeform. All right. So, strangest Halloween movie I haven't seen, but I want to see it very badly. Um, there is a sequel to How the Grinch Stole Christmas, a prequel to How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which is about the Grinch taking a, like, wagon of horrors to Whoville to give all the Who's nightmares. What? Yes. But... What, the, Rob? But there is a Who that is blown away but from Whoville by a very strong wind who lands on the Grinch's paraphernalia wagon that he is taking to Whoville and has to, like, mano-a-mano the Grinch. 
Can we talk about the fact that you're a fucking week too late on this news, Rob? I'm sorry. I forgot about it until Nick brought up the strangest movies. Is, is it actually called the paraphernalia wagon? It is actually called the paraphernalia wagon. The, uh, like, I guess half hour thing is called Grinch Night. This sounds like a student film. This is not. This is a Dr. Seuss written piece. Hmm. You know what I learned the other day? Like, literally yesterday? Uh, uh, who's the BFG guy? The Willy Wonka guy? Uh, Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl? Really big friends with, uh, who's the James Bond guy? The writer. Ian McKellen? Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming? Yeah, they're Ian McKellen is Gandalf. (laughs) What? Ian McKellen is Gandalf. Oh, I thought you said Ian Fleming was Gandalf. Oh, no, that that is, no. (laughs) He, He wrote about James Bond when my dad was a kid, and then he was old enough to be Gandalf by now. <laughs> Can I... Nick, I can't tell if you have something to say or if you're just smiley. Uh, I'm, I'm very smiley. Okay. Uh, I'm just wa- having a good time with you guys. Do you guys want to talk about... Well, bad news, here comes a segue. Do you guys want to talk about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Speaking of Rodol. Uh, I'm just going to Google real quick. People who... We're on Trump's board when he was elected. Make sure I get the full list. Board of... Uh, his cabinet, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh-uh. Okay. Because that's the number one analogy I have. It's it's the best analogy, unfortunately. So we had Rex Tillerson, McMaster. I don't even remember McMaster. Is he still active? I... At National Security Advisor? Yes. Okay. He... Steve Munchen. Munchen is still there, I believe. James Mattis. What? Mattis got bumped oh, I got up confused. Too. I got confused. Munchen and Mueller. Okay. Uh, John Kelly. Where? Oh, Tom Price. That's who I was also thinking of. Former Boy Scout, right? Uh, he gone. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. No, a lot of them are, though. Bannon's gone. Is Sessions gone? No. Was Bannon in the cabinet? He was not. Not technically. What was... He was an advisor? He was, he was a senior advisor in a non-cabinet position, which meant he didn't have to actually get approved. That's how he got approved. Hmm. I just saw DeVos on TV the other day. I forgot about her for a while. I guess here's a, a... Not to talk too much about this, unless we feel like talking too much about this. But, like, I got so... Into politics is the wrong word, but I spent so much of my mental energy on politics starting like last spring 2016 up through and past the election and i'm not sure it was probably just the winter in the way that the winter takes things out of me winter probably took the energy out of me to keep up with it i keep up with it to a degree um it's probably not on the same level i was keeping up with it but also like i think that's just sort of accepting that things are moving fairly slowly like in the federal government at the moment like nothing is moving quick so it's not like there's a breakneck flood of information to keep up with feels like it's always i don't know i feel like anytime i check in i'm like oh this which i is definitely one part of me which is falling for the 24-hour news cycle kind of things where there's always something on this yeah. might be the worst episode. I'm sorry to you if you're listening to this. It's certainly going to be one of the more polarized in terms of tone. Well, but I also, I'm I'm just, I, I've been honestly like a little nervous all day that 
whatever I'm going to say during this is not going to accurately sum up how I feel and how I felt. I'm trying to bottle something. Second episode of this podcast was, uh, uh, was it the 9th or the 10th? But it was right after the election. It was me and Arvin talking on Skype, and it is all lost, and I am so sad. I was trying to bottle that emotion. I, it was a very, like, intense, weird time for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know how to adequately describe how I felt immediately afterwards. It, panic isn't quite right, but, like, just watching something go from, this is going to work, to, oh no, it went very wrong very distress yeah that's probably a good way to to put it like up until then i could have at least maybe been like there's some new stress going on in this election cycle it'll be tough but at the end everything will work out but then at some point on the night of november 8th it just no longer seemed like that was going to be a viable option it was no longer going to work out well projects.538.com slash 2016-election. Who will win the presidency? Uh, this is the morning of um, the election, November 8th, 2016. Uh, they had Hillary Clinton at a 71.4% chance of winning. Um, this is their final update on November 8th. And as far as chances of Hillary winning, this was one of the low balls from... This was the lowest I saw. This this was one of the low balls from quote unquote neutral or um, quote unquote neutral or right lean or left leaning publications. Um, I Nick, I'm not sure if you remember this, but the joke. Which one of you was talking about it being like a weird joke? So me and you, yeah, had a running joke. Yeah. Uh, boy, did, boy did this joke run with it. Oh. Um, where it was roughly these numbers, or actually, I think it was it was it was, it was better. About a week before. A week before it was better. It was before um, fresh information came up on more Hillary emails. Yep, all the Comey stuff. Yeah, um, the Comey stuff second, that's still. Yeah, that that's still the fallout. Still, really, actually, kind of. Uh dealing maybe a fresh blow to to this presidency mm-hmm. um depending on how you view the special investigation but um at that time before that statement by comey um the chances were about one in six yeah uh end of i'm looking at it right here a week before directly before the comey stuff and i'm not trying to i i this is not supposed to be something where like oh uh, you know we are uneducated in this. Here's why the election happened the way it did. Um, instead, it's just here, you know, at the end of October, prior to this Comey stuff, it was one in six for Trump. Uh, yeah, on according to, to 538, um, which was something um, I was following and, and you were following uh, a lot at the time. I was following intensely. Yeah, and uh, the joke became, you know, have you ever rolled a one on a six-sided die? Yeah. Uh and and I think I even quoted that funny joke um, the next day after we knew the results when you were you 100% very, very upset and I felt bad. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, no, go ahead. I, I'd love to tell a story of a arbitrary decision I made um, about two months before the election when I was feeling good. I said, you know what? 
November 8th. That's my brother's birthday. It's going to be his 21st birthday. Hillary's going to win the election. I'm probably going to be really drunk that night. And, like, let's just take the next day off. So I put in to take off November 9th. The morning of November 9th, like, we literally woke... Marissa and I woke up at her house. And Marissa basically took the day off to take care of me. Like, um, I will link in the show notes this Facebook post or a capture of it, I guess, where basically in the middle of the night, I had a huge meltdown on Facebook just about the idea of, like, what happens now. If you want to capture, like, if you want to bottle how you felt then, that's the model. That, that That's how I felt in, like, the that night. Oh, uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, not in the aftermath. In the aftermath, it was a lot of feeling weird, getting in arguments with people i knew on facebook and didn't know on facebook (sighs) yeah um you you admittedly became a very difficult friend to have on facebook absolutely yeah and you're not even really on facebook and that was difficult (laughs) but yeah for weeks i was doing all this shit not like uh this is not me looking to be propped up like i'm not talking for clapping here like i did all this shit leading up to the election where i'm like oh i'm making a difference and none of it fucking mattered well, the, I mean, the night of the ele- the night before the election, I went over to Drexel and for three hours, I like just chalked terrible, terrible things that Trump had said, all over. Like I didn't, e- I wasn't even like writing pro Hillary stuff. I was just like putting a a huge like grabber by the pussy thing, a huge John McCain was a coward thing, like on the campus, and. I, you know, I bought these stickers that were like the I voted sticker, but instead it just said I didn't vote for Trump. And I was sending, I was literally like, I had a mail writing campaign. I sent 1250 of these stickers out to people I knew. And like what, outside of making myself feel like I was making a difference, what a waste. Like, I don't know if that's a waste. Like, eh. Not not saying that there's supposed to be some binary where either I did enough and we we won we quote unquote we won uh, or not, but like of all the time, energy, brain, anything that I put into this, it was not. There were better ways to do it. Maybe, but like what you ended up doing basically is motivating people to vote are you thinking you i don't know if i did though because like i i had people where i was like i will send you these that was the rule i will send you the sticker if you vote and i found out later like people came back and they were like oh i like the stickers but i didn't vote and it's like what the fuck are you doing like we had a deal well i mean like at, at that point you can't like force them to vote no i can't but you like, can't no one in this world can force any other person to do anything when it comes down to it. But I can try and incentivize. And you did, and they didn't hold up their end of the bargain. What, like... I'm not taking the blame for this election. Like, I'm not... <laughs> I, I said I said to start, like, I'm not talking for clapping. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not looking to be, like, exonerated or anything here. Um, I'm just saying, like... I, I, I had such a different feeling. If, like, it, the... I would love the way that, like... 
I guess when they're testing a movie, they'll give them that dial and you say like how you're feeling about this movie. I would love that dial for like the week before and the week after the election. Okay. For like just in general or Yeah, for how I felt. Yeah. Cuz well, in in a in a microcosm, that dial every 10 minutes as as information rolled in on election night. Where were you on election night? Uh at Nick and I were room. Sorry, I think I said this, but just in case, Nick and I were roommates uh, at the time of the election. So I was at the house. Okay. And we were we were watching, um, probably drinking, uh, and and hanging out, and and it started with a lot of laughter, and and did not end that way. I went to bed early. I couldn't. What time is early? Uh, before it was officially called. Uh, I want to say like ten o'clock. Okay. Nine, nine or ten o'clock because i just my least favorite part of like any show or or video game is uh when when the hero is is encountering adversity which is a central part of <laughs> <laughs> shows and video game and, and any any media um and so when when the hero hero in in this case the, the american people uh encounter adversity like that's not the, the part i enjoy uh, I enjoy the heroic, victorious part. Um, and so I was like, oh, I don't want to watch this. Like, this feels like a loss. No, thank you. So I went to bed to make it go away. Uh, it did not work. I had a very... Ha- asking for a minor detail from a year ago. Do you, like, did it take you... Did it take you longer to, than normal to go to bed, or...? I, I barely slept. It was like a, a fever dream. Um, in fact, in in my nice sleepy state, um, Hillary won the election. Oh, that's such a terrible thing to actually wake up the next day. And then, and then I woke up and and I was pretty sure I was wrong. And so I opened a uh, big fan of the BBC. I opened their website to figure out what happened. Um, I thought maybe somebody outside looking in could explain it to me. Um, and they let me. They they kindly let me know um, I was incorrect. I don't think I've. Fell asleep at all until three thirty that night, and I didn't sleep much during the three hours I had until I had to wake up for work. I'm just gonna make like a standing new May's resolution style rule, new November's resolution, where I will always take off the day after election day. For all elections, or like president, it's gonna come up every four years. I can fit that in my schedule. Well, well like midterms. Today is election. Oh, I, I mean presidential. Sorry. Okay say there's not that much drama usually over midterms although they're going to be important <laughs> this, year, this time around yeah. rob i saw you on the street this morning and the first thing i thought when i saw you was to boo you <laughs> i don't is, know why you boo what me. is wrong with me i don't know i had to go back to our old house because i didn't change my voting registration i passed rob on the street and my first instinct was just to boo Maybe you booed me because you knew I hadn't voted yet. But in my defense, the polling places weren't open, and I was going after work. Yeah, Rob, uh, you had a nice look this morning. Thank you. Between like the, uh, you had some sort of like leathery jacket and sunglasses and stuff. Oh, it was a fleece, but yeah. Whatever it was, it looked good. Thank you. Yeah, um, we can get to clothes later. Uh, I, f- I felt like we were on like a, a good part here. Uh, I didn't vote today. Okay. Not all right. I don't. I think I'm still registered at the old house as well. I don't live there. I hope I don't get pulled over. 
my license will lie. <laughs> They'll arrest me under house arrest at someone else's home. I will have to cook meals for rent. Hey, but hey, Not at least the place you're arrested at will have a non-functioning song. Rob? We had this fucking song. Alright, well, election talk over. We had this fucking. We'll come back to it. We had this fucking sauna at our last house, and Rob brought up the other day that he, like, wished he had spent time fixing it. And I was like, had I known this, and had this been, like, the aftermath of a party where, like, the next morning we go get food from across the street and, like, like hung over, just, like, enjoy water and try and fix this sauna, what a fucking Sunday that would have been. The missed opportunity. The the Monday after wedding uh, was one of the finest days I've had in a long time. Oh yeah, I was so happy. Like I was literally like a thrill went through my body. I was thrilled when I found out that you guys were also taking off. Um, my Monday didn't start strong. Uh, so I heard, but it 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 transformed quickly. Yeah, it was a nice day. We got some brunch and then we had some D and D that night. Rob, uh, you DM'd. How did it go? I didn't DM. Um, do you want to save that until you've also DM'd, or do you want to? No, just... no, go for it. Uh, I really, really enjoyed DMing. Um, That's good. Yeah, I thought that um, it's like a super different way to play D and D from playing on the player side. There's a lot. I don't know. You don't even know if there's like a lot more to keep track of. At least in the small kind of encounters that we had, there's a lot more. Just like tweaking things going into like a battle to make sure things play in a way that's fun or like just running with different plot strands people are developing as you go because that's the way they're going and you don't want to railroad them or because they came up with a better idea I felt kind of bad because I ended up doing not very much with what my role that I picked was but yeah I feel like I, I picked my role poorly um <laughs> Because my, my guy was supposed to be, like, sud- like I, I had none of the advantages of being able to move where I wanted to move, and all of the uh, hands tied behind my back of really not being able to talk to people or make any kind of scene. I was planning on making so much more of a scene. I was, the whole I... time, I was waiting for you to do something explosive. I was literally waiting to... And I'm not sure if I'm going to play any of this in, but I was literally waiting to interrupt the wedding and pretend to be a former lover while hexing him so he had disadvantage on charisma and ruin the wedding that way. And things did not go that way. (laughs) But I still had a really fun time. Like, it was fun to me to be like, okay, I'm not in any of the fighting that's going to go on, but, like, let me poke at Danny for how this world exists. Yeah, no, that was... Yeah. Like, I had so much... I had a really fun time. Um, yeah. My character keeps jumping off of things. He needs to cut it out. You can kind of save yourself now, though, so it's all right. Oh, I've, I've had this one for a little while. Yeah. Uh, a few quests. The ability to jump off of things and not get hurt. I only felt bad because as soon as I jumped, I was like, Oh, no, my last spell slot. <laughs> 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 I can't make you guys feather fall. <laughs> I, was, I was spending the whole... Th- time just being like okay if i want to do this thing when i leave i'm gonna hex and then i only have two spell slots so i I either get one teleport or one turning invisible turning invisible how excited are you for the new bought to you by yards brewery very 
like for it to be that close. Yeah. And 16 ounce cans. Yeah. Brawler pounders in cans. This is not a thing I knew of. I've already declared it my 2017 drink of the beach. Oh, retroactive 2017 <laughs> drink of the beach. Yeah, 20 every year. <laughs> Can we go back to your beach house this year? Absolutely. And have the best weekend I had all year again? <laughs> Absolutely. That was a very nice weekend. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. All right. Well, I don't think I'm exaggerating. You walked yourself into this one, buddy. So, last week, uh, as you know, because you are an avid podcast listener, you have heard every, every episode. This is a boring joke. I'm done with it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you, when you are at the beach, uh, you are roughly four blocks from Rob's house, right? uh right right yeah um you have to pee what happens um fun fact about nick yeah I'm very very good at not going to the bathroom oh that is a fun fact yeah yeah so probably wait okay a long long time it it astounds three different answers to this question there's kind of two different versions of ian one who is very good at this and one who is very bad so if ian is uh like playing the new mario game Ian is very good at halting literally every bodily function. I will not sleep. I will not need to eat, go to the bathroom, any of that. But if Ian is, like, sitting around drinking, absolutely, I'm going to walk back to that house so I can use the restroom. Oh, sure. Um, I think the answer is, if anything, no, I will not go in the ocean. I'm terrified. (laughs) No, thank you. I will walk wherever I need to. Do you want to make eye contact with the man across the table? We have to do this one at a time. I was talking to Nick at you. I know. I'm going to have to do this one at a time to both. Oh, I see. Hi, guys. Start, start with Ian. Yeah, Rob just... Well, no, we talked about this last week. Rob is just go for it with the ocean. Why not? <sighs> I mean, we already hashed out why <laughs> wait, wait. not last week. Cool. I don't want to relive it. Back. <laughs> I'm not an avid listener. Uh, and I'm, I'm, No I'm, one is. <laughs> and I won't <laughs> listen to this one. You listen to it just voice. as much as we do. Can I um, sum up my feelings for the year before and the year after the election? Uh, of 2016? Yeah. I'm okay. going gonna, gonna to steal um, some words from at Max Temkin, uh, one of the Cards Against Humanity guys. Quote, Trump's never going to get out of this one. They got him. End quote. Me. Every day for the last year. It seemed yep. like for a long time, like literally every day, literally every week, something was happening. Like, I literally, when the whole, like, grabber by the pussy thing came out, I was like, the election's over. It should have been. It, I was like, the fucking election's over. Like, this was it. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda went on SNL. Sure. And sang at a picture of, of Donald Trump, um, in the words of one of his fantastic Hamilton songs, uh, never gonna be president now. It was a great image. We're never gonna be president now. Never gonna be president now. Never gonna be president now. Never gonna be. And now, tremendously ironic. History will prove him wrong. Um, there was, I think, if we're gonna if we're gonna go back to, uh, you know, not blaming or excusing or really anything. Um, but I, I do think there's this huge sense of complacency. Absolutely. Um. I had a really frustrating conversation uh, the day after the election with one of my coworkers who was like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. Like, this is, like, how can this happen? Um, and I, I asked, uh, I don't know why I asked. 
I kind of assume, I maybe shouldn't have assumed, but like uh, I asked, did you vote yesterday? And she said, no, the line was really long. And like I had plans and I was like, well then don't complain, go back and sit. Uh, and I was serious. I was like, don't complain, go back and sit at your desk. Do not talk to me about this. Like I was really frustrated with this person and, and I was like, I was mad at them for like a week, not because they didn't vote but because they didn't vote and then complained about it. This is this is exactly the thing you cannot do. I, I don't remember anybody at my work that complained about how did it happen and then didn't vote or, or, uh, or anything of that nature. Um, I just knew going back in that my work was a very Trump support heavy place. Um, I was not looking forward to it. And thankfully, um, some of the people that were more vocal Trump supporters weren't there for the rest of the week. So, I had a little bit of time to recover. I uh, my, my office is weird. Like, working for the military in Philadelphia, we have probably two-thirds like... God, I hate for this to be the divide that not just this country, or not just the election, but also this country is kind of coming... I'm phrasing this really poorly. I hate for this to be the binary that we're sorting things on. Nevertheless, I'm going to do it because I don't have a better one right now. There was a large divide between college-educated engineering types in my office, which is about two-thirds of the population, and former military people in my office, which was the other third. Um, And both sides were pretty outspoken about who they supported. See, I don't even have the, there wasn't the college-educated divide at my work, but that may be because aside from the owners, who being small business owners will tend to be more likely to lean Republican anyway, I think there was only one other college grad there at the time besides me. Uh, maybe two. Do you agree that this is kind of a bullshit dividing line? Um... I'm not going to use the word bullshit because it forces you into an answer. It's a leading question. Do you, uh, What do you think of that as a dividing line? I think that it's a correlation but not a causation. Okay. Um, so I, I think while it might be an interesting statistic, I don't think it's necessarily useful. Um, uh, a definite like mental bias, which I have and think about all the time, and even though I think about it, does not change the fact that I still have it. It fucks me up is assuming that people who have gone to college are smarter and assuming that like school knowledge equals smart like this is a thing that i literally every day need to remind myself (sighs) i'm gonna just cut all the way off to the side hey nick do you play in black hole sun uh, no, I actually, I saw that, and I have no idea what it is at all. Well, that's good. You are caught up with the rest of us. <laughs> I wrote that down. I might have been drinking. I might have been sleepy. It might have been a typo. I don't really know what that means, but we have to ask it every week. Hey, Nick. Yeah, Ian. What are you wearing? Oh, um, speaking of college, uh, uh, speaking of college educated. <laughs> don't be me with that microphone. Uh, my my classic Drexel hoodie. 
This is, if I had to give, like, the outfit you would wear, it is literally this. This is it. Um, <laughs> like, it, it 100% is. also ranks pretty highly on that. Oh, no, this is so far below for me. This is, so... Uh, green flannel is a relatively new addition. Yeah, well, this is this has been Nick's look for verging on on a decade now, which is horrifying. Isn't that scary? Oh. Uh, Remember the first now. time you realized you'd known a single person for a decade um, that wasn't your family? Oh, I'm sorry. Here I am being assumptive that everyone's <laughs> life is like mine. Nick moved a ton. Yeah, I don't have a lot of people uh, that I've known that long. Remember that time you realized you've known me for almost a decade? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, like, my college friends are definitely the people I know best. I don't have, like, a lot of childhood friends. But anyway, um, Nick's outfit, uh, it's, it's a classic Drexel hoodie. Uh, it's been that way for seven years. Uh, I'm wearing jeans, and I'm wearing sambas. I'm wearing glasses. You have a complete picture of what I look like when I get to dress exactly how I want to, weather and occasion permitting. <laughs> how long have you had these glasses? Uh, I was thinking about that the other day. I don't know, but it is not going to be much longer. Okay. They're nearing the end of their lifespan. Um, the glasses are old or the prescription is bad? Uh, both. Um, but I was talking to uh, my mom the other day, uh, and she was like, you really should replace these. Um, and I was like, well... I think the the thing is, I'm not not going to the doctor because I can't afford it. I have good uh, medical insurance, and that's fantastic. I'm not going out of laziness. We talked last week for like five minutes about how I have been missing a tooth for over a year and haven't gone just, you know, because. I faced my fears. I looked at the tooth, (laughs) or lack thereof. Uh, I got this episode. I got peppermint JoJo's stuck in the hole where my tooth should be, oh, and suddenly so dug it out over the course of the episode. That sounds very uncomfortable. Um, but you have me going to the doctor. Uh, so like I, I have good insurance. Like I, I, it's not that. It's it's not that I'm lazy. It's just I'm the kind of person. I will wear slash use a thing into the ground. Absolutely. Until it 100%. stops functioning and cannot be fixed. And my glasses still function. So it's not tied yet. 100%. Let's talk about the shoes I have, which are only <laughs> 8% holes. There is still a good 92% in those shoes. They offer more coverage than flip-flops. They offer more coverage than walking around barefoot. Technically correct. My Sinux. I'm barefoot this week, by the way. Um, uh, listen. Ian, what else are you wearing besides no shoes? No, 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 no. I have many things to talk about besides what I'm wearing. Well, I'm going to come back to coffee glasses in the apocalypse, okay? Okay. All right. Um, it's not on the list. It's it's buried on the list. I didn't mean to talk about it now, but oh. Nick's, Nick's roped me in. And so here's the thing. I'm wearing no shoes right now because... I walked in the rain for over an hour today because I walked to class. I got late to class because of a coworker, whose name is Matt, who I gave him both dollars. Um, <laughs> Hi, Matt. We went to college <laughs> together. Uh, Matt is the only person. Listen, if you're going to go like dive bomb my Facebook and make my social life awkward, whatever. Fuck you. Um, Matt is the only person who I've literally set my Facebook, like, show my statuses to everyone except this one coworker who I have on Facebook. Because we're coworkers, and because I complain about him sometimes. <laughs> Dear listener, yeah, <laughs> please be kind to Ian in this one aspect. 
Yeah, you can make fun of me for everything else I'm going to do wrong today. Um, you have a lot of material to work with. <laughs> but I'm barefoot because I'm a grown adult, but I still am walking in the rain for an hour. And regardless of the fact that my umbrella is too small and my shoes have small holes, there's nothing I could have done except take the subway to avoid um, getting rain up all in my shoes. Um, and so my shoes and socks were soaked by the time I got here. So I took them off immediately. Um, I'm wearing some brown pants where last bake week on the way here, I had a fork in my pocket and I ripped three different holes in my <laughs> pants pockets, which I fixed this weekend and found that there was four holes in my pants pockets. Uh, cause there were still pens falling out of my pants. Um, I packed the fork, you see, cause I hadn't gotten to eat lunch that day. And so my breakfast became lunch and my lunch became bus food. Uh... And then I've got this orange shirt, which I found, <laughs> goddamn, even though I spent the weekend, like, trying to fix some clothes, I found it is missing a button, um, on the cuff. I did not know this. It was in my pile of clothes to fix, and I could not find anything wrong with it, even when I checked. Uh, and then I have my, oh, have I talked about this hat on this show? I don't think you've talked about that hat. Okay, I'm wearing my, uh, my landmark learning hat, which I got when Rob me and our friend Alex and our boss Drew went and did a wilderness first responder course in North Carolina great great state um and I left this uh, uh during my time of like when I was drinking a lot more I left this hat at a party by accident I'm not sure how I had much shorter hair so the hat was not as much for hair management as it was for style uh but I left this hat at a party and then had no idea where it went in the same way that I once lost my bike by just parking it in a weird place. And I saw this guy zip, uh, who I'd never met before at the time, uh, at the climbing wall. And I was like, Oh my God, like you went to landmark learning. Like, that's so cool. Um, and I realized like three minutes later that this guy I never met was wearing my hat. Cause he was friends with the person whose hat I let it left it at. And I just took my hat back and it was a little awkward, but, I doubt he holds it against me now because it is my hat still. He hasn't stolen it back. No. Yeah. He's had a he had over a year of opportunities. Rob, what are you wearing? How many times have you worn this shirt? A lot. It's very comfortable. Okay. Um. Rob's wearing that Philmont shirt. I'm Let me answer that, for him. I'm wearing that Philmont shirt I wear a lot on the podcast. Um. I'm wearing my Sanooks that I wear a lot for the podcast and a pair of jeans that. I wear a lot for the podcast. Do you wear shoes around the house all the time? Um, I usually do. Um, because the cats drag little bits of dirt and their cat tree everywhere. And it gets all over my feet. And uh, makes me feel gross. Alright, Rob. When is the last time you vac... So, uh, Rob lives in, a, in an apartment in a house. Like, in a building that is now apartments. Rob's house has two floors, one of which is, like, the living room and Rob's room, the other of which is the kitchen and his roommate's room. Rob, what is the last time that this floor was, like, the floor you live on was vacuumed? Just a moment. I will find out. I'm going to say that it was October 21st or 22nd. Like, two and a half, three weeks ago? Something like that, yeah. Hmm. I have used the vacuum in my apartment since I moved in. <laughs> well, I mean, I was in literally fairness, walking around barefoot this morning, and I was like, "Oh, the amount of like random detritus on the floor, I need to vacuum." 
Like uh, in the kitchen specifically. Oh, kitchen detritus is terrible. I it showered just, last night oh. and then I walked around this morning and I felt like a little weird when I put on socks after that. Uh, we definitely we hit points with our apartment uh, sometimes where a with our communal apartment or with your current apartment. Uh, sorry, my 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 current apartment. Um, where a small foot bath before bed becomes mandatory. Uh, then then we bought a vacuum. It got better. So I have not discussed on this podcast, but I have these weird hobbit feet. Um, uh, if you're squeamish, pull out your earplug for the next, like, two minutes or so to the music break around in hour 34. Eight seconds. We talked about your missing teeth last week. So. Rob, you're ruining my eight seconds. <laughs> Sorry. I'm gonna. I'm literally cutting that out. Like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, when I was a little kid, I ripped all of my toenails off with a door. The end. I'm sorry. Um, now I now I have fucked up feet. Um, I have these weird, like, kind of long toes. Um, as a side note, my feet are very hairy. Parts of me are hairy, parts of me are not. Uh, because of this, I have deemed my feet hobbit feet. Uh, between the weird long toes, the weirdly growing toenails, and the hairy feet. And so, like... And they also sweat a ton. So I just accept all the time that my feet are going to need a foot bath before bed. Like, this is not a new thing to me. The fact that I walk around with shoes that are 8% holes does not help. Um, you can cut this. I'm sorry for interrupting those 8 seconds because they were... I should not have interrupted them. Yeah. Um, Did you not know that? Nope. Oh. Nope. Yeah. Um, but also, I didn't like salsa for a long... I was unwilling to try salsa for a long the time. The dance or the food? Uh, the food. I did not know about the dance. Okay. Um, I We're talking was... about feet. That's not a weird... That's not a dumb question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm just saying I didn't know about the dance for a long time. Okay, okay. Um, I was unwilling to try salsa for a long time because one time when I opened a refrigerator, I was pretty young, a jar of salsa fell out of like one of the top shelves and hit my big toe, causing my toenail to fall off. Ooh. So I did not like the salsa. I, I should have disliked Eckerd for that same reason. <laughs> Um, I played uh, a fair amount of sports, so I've similarly. Lost. I should I should be terrified you went of to soccer a D3 balls. School. Um, <laughs> I should have. Yeah, I think we we've all here lost a toenail or two. Mm. Um, my sister in particular revels in sending pictures. So. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah. So I have this weird thing where like. For a long, so my vision is like now at the point where I should wear, where I should definitely wear like, you know, corrective lenses every day, but for a long, for a long time, um, I would intentionally not wear my contacts, because I did not want there to be. I didn't want to feel dependent on contacts. Because I was scared that, like, in the event of an apocalypse or something, like, there's, it's almost a trope, but, like, character with glasses whose glasses break, like, that is a fear of mine. Is, like, something bad happens, I'm stuck with just these glasses, and uh, they break, and then I'm just a blind person. Well, yeah, there's, uh, there's that famous scene, the guy who all he wants to do is read. The apocalypse happens, he finds a library. He sits down and breaks his glasses. Can't read. It's it's one of the most tragic things. I also admit to occasionally not wearing my glasses for a little while because the, like, 
it's like a crutch, but it's not. No, it's like yeah. it's a no, necessary. No, 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 100%. <laughs> no, 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 that's it though. Like, like, oh, if I if I drop this crutch for a little while, it'll help make my eyes stronger. It doesn't. They're broken. It doesn't. They're, it's too late. See, I don't, like, it bothers me when I can't wear my glasses. Like, if I'm hiking or... Do you or sleep s- with your... Rob, how long before bed do you pull off your glasses? This uh, isn't a joke. Usually, like, immediately before I try to go to sleep. Unless, like, I get in bed, um, like put my glasses off to the side and think I want to like enter one note in my phone or like and then I'll get sidetracked looking at a whole bunch of other things as well okay I'm glad you added the get sidetracked because I was like shit am I the only person here who pulls out his phone to make sure his alarm is set and then plays hearthstone for 45 minutes in bed (laughs) my intent is to take them off when I'm going to start going to sleep and then just go to sleep that doesn't always happen and if I like get distracted with something else I don't always put that back on um, my time for taking my glasses off when it doesn't make sense is I'll be at work, um, doing a very, usually like something very repetitive. Um, and at this point I've memorized where the buttons are for the most repetitive tasks I have to do. Uh, so I'll just take my glasses off for a little while and like vaguely know what's happening on the screen, but my vision's poor enough that I cannot tell what's happening. And I just press the buttons and hope nothing messes up. I'm pretty sure that uh, from best to worst, I have the best vision. Rob has middle, and Nick has worst. I think that sounds sounds correct. appropriate. Yeah. Um, Actually, I have no idea what your vision's like, Nick. But if you're saying that you have difficulty seeing computer screens, oh, the classic glasses switching. Yeah. When we talk about favorite podcast moments, we mostly talk about chewing food on air, uh, followed by switching around glasses. Uh, I don't know if I'd say yours is a lot worse. It's I just a different Your stigmatism is stronger than mine. Yeah, I mostly just wanted to show you how thick they are. Check that out. They are quite thick. Not as thick as my brother's glasses. Check that out. Our no. other favorite podcast segment, comparing other people's glasses who aren't here. <laughs> Chelsea has better than perfect vision. Wait, Chelsea has more than perfect vision? She can read a street sign from, like, five blocks away. Do you know That's 20 nuts. whatever what it is? It's, like, 2017, something like that. Okay, are you fucking ready for this? Onwin? 2013. What? Anwin has the, the eyes, eyes of, a... of a hawk. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's one way of saying it. I was going to say the eyes of a professional golfer, but <laughs> that's the thing. What does a golfer need to see? For, like, putting, I guess. I don't know. It's you need thing. an idea of, like, general trends. It's. I think it's a thing. I feel like golfers have better eyes. I don't think I'm making this up. I feel like all professionals are better at me at everything, including seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot about um, how quickly I would have died in the medieval era with these eyes. Dead quick. I would not have made a good anything. How how old were you when you figured out you needed glasses? Uh, Did you have one of the... I feel like you had one of these, like, oh, the world exists and makes sense moments. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a story I love to tell, so thank you for uh, bringing me right to it. Um, that wasn't sarcastic. Uh, I was in fifth grade. Uh, and I spent a lot of time not being able to read whiteboards. Uh, and I thought everyone struggled with that. And I was like, wow, what a useless invention. (laughs) (laughs) They should write bigger. Did you have better odds with blackboards? No, no, just, just just specifically like, yeah. You said whiteboard, so I got confused. Um, specifically, I don't have good memory, um, either, uh, but there's one classroom I remember 
um, and it it was the one where uh, finally someone was like, you know, like please read this or something like that, and and I was like, I can't read that. Nobody can read that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. You asked the impossible of me. Put um, a pin in that. Um, but I went and got my eyes checked, and and when I got glasses, we were driving home, um, and I looked at a tree. And I saw its leaves, and I was like, "Oh my God, there's so much going on." And and the life like life did change. Things were I I saw things very differently. I saw things. That was one. <laughs> um, and they were different than you thought, which was two. Yeah, just just everything was. Everyone else had this this thing they could see leaves. I couldn't. Sometimes a thing you thought was one thing may have been two things. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, Rob, may not have melded with your chair. <laughs> I may not have. Am I just good? Okay. I was kind of getting nervous. I've turned into one of those people at work. This isn't the right conversation, but I'm going for it. <laughs> I've turned into, <laughs> turned into one of those people at work who I've moved desks three times in the last two years, and I've brought my chair with me because I really like my old broken chair. But I'm now like that weird person who's been here a while and like, has a shitty chair that they're like, no, this is the best chair. The new chairs aren't as good. I'm Roz from Monsters, Inc. when I walk around my office. What about your broken chair makes it comfortable? Um, I mean, probably just the fact that, like, through the amount of time, eight hours a day that I've sat in it, I've gotten very good at sitting in this specific chair. Okay. I'm not sure if the chair is adapted to me or vice versa, but maybe it's symbiotic. Maybe I help the chair and the chair helps me. Can I talk about this Muzzy commercial? Do you guys remember Muzzy? Oh, yes. Yeah, there's this commercial. I think it was for Muzzy. It also might have been for one of the local learning institutes. Um, just a thing that you would bring your kid to if normal amounts of school were not enough for like extra tutoring and stuff, where the kid pronounces the word island, but he's reading it, and he says, is land? And he asks it with a question mark when he's called on to read out loud in school. And all the other kids laugh at him. And one of my greatest childhood fears outside of that weird dream I had about playgrounds was, um, and also outside of Midnight Rescue. Uh, We talked a lot last week about how scared I was of nominally not scary things. Okay. Yeah. It was the Halloween episode by accident. Um, how appropriate. One of, one of my like big big fears was just being called on to read and like not reading correctly so so the idea of being called on to read and literally not even seeing the board that's great oh yeah um luckily i could read books okay in front of me i actually read a lot back in the day i no longer do that it's a tragedy (laughs) uh to get back to things we talk about every week i'm still reading the fucking uh patrick rothfuss (laughs) <laughs> book that I'm te- that I've been saying is terrible. It is still not good. I was really proud of him because on page eight hundred, I'm yes, I'm over a thousand pages into this book. On page eight hundred, he introduced a female character who was like, "Oh, the main character is not going to try and bang this girl." And then page eight forty, he's like, "Oh, she smelled like sex." And then eight forty one, they fuck, and it's like, "What the fuck? Like, why can you not write a female character who is not just a person who the main character is going to have sex with?" How do we know it's the main character if he's not having sex with everyone, Ian? How do we know? 
That was a really good 538 article. <laughs> the day after the election. No, here's what I really want to talk about. So uh, that morning, uh, November 8th, 2016, I woke up. Um, it was my little brother's birthday. It was the day of the election. There was probably a 71% chance that Hillary was going to win that day. Like, it was a pretty good day. Um, I went. I did my duty. I voted. By duty, I mean the thing that... Uh, personal duty. I went. I voted. I walked to class. I walked to work. And while I'm walking to work, I'm listening to the 538 Politics podcast, um, which I got so into for the months leading up to the election. Uh, at this point, did was the episode a reaction to or... No, no, no. This was this was their episode, which I guess they recorded the night before or the morning of, and it was just like, here's what we're looking for in this election. Cool. Maybe six minutes. I'm going to do that radio lab thing here where I cut in audio from one thing while I'm talking, but maybe like six minutes from the end of the episode. Uh, Harry Enton, the guy who I liked the most on this podcast, the person who seemed to be the most like here is what the polls show and how accurate the polls are like always talking about not just like what we knew but what we knew with what accuracy and really emphasizing the accuracy was asked what is the earliest indication of a trump upset that we think we could get um and the first words out of his mouth are what you really want is a state like you know pennsylvania to be deemed too close to call right off the bat and then, you know, not a large Hillary Clinton leader. Interesting. So there we are uh, at Fox and the Hound of all the, of all the weird, like, shitty bars to go to. Because uh, it's Tuesday, so they have beers for $2. Because $2 Tuesday is a Fox and Hound. So we're at Fox and Hound for my little brother's 21st. I'm brought to you, by. I bought a lot of apps. I bought a lot of beers. Um, it's his fucking 21st birthday. His friends are there. Whatever. Um, and while we're sitting there, like, I am celebrating his birthday but mostly like looking over my brother to stare at the television where the election's happening and i'm explaining to i'm explaining to him that like he's a little worried about the election but it's okay like basically everyone is saying hillary's going to win and as the night goes on i'm just watching and i see when they say pennsylvania it's not that it's too early to call but it's too close to call and as far as Pennsylvania goes, for you non-Pennsylvanians, basically Pittsburgh and Philadelphia get their votes in first, and then the rest of the the state gets them in slowly. And uh, Pennsylvania, also called sometimes Pennsylvania, is basically two very liberal parts, which are like big cities, followed by like a, a lot of very rural parts in the middle of them. Yeah, um, parts which and- tend to vote. Sorry. Uh, parts which I I personally grew up in. Yeah, um, you are um, out from uh, Gettysburgish. Yeah, Gettysburgish. Yeah, so it I feel um, I always feel very defensive. Yeah, and I I don't mean to be attacking here. Because uh, there's a lot of people I really love out there who I think made a really poor decision. Um, yeah, I mean, and uh, not that I've spent more than literally two hours in my adult life in the Gettysburg area. But I still feel like you are in the more... Well, uh, sorry, I still feel like Gettysburg is the more, like, city side. Oh, we hip. Yeah. We like, hip out in, in <laughs> Gettysburg. Yeah. We're basically Pittsburgh. I've, I've been to a lot more of the, like, middle of nowhere parts of Pennsylvania. 
where it's like, oh, Gettysburg, that's like a cool city. Parts that make like Jersey Shore, Pennsylvania seem like they're happening. Yeah. 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 Well, um, no offense to Jersey Shore, Pennsylvania. Yeah, Gettysburg is cool. I'm from south of there by about half an hour ish. But that was always the place to point at as far as you were concerned. As far as I was concerned for you. Yeah. Um, like, my nearest town was actually in Maryland. Uh, I was born in Maryland because that was the nearest useful city with a hospital. Uh, guys, I moved around a lot. Yeah. Well, okay, so I, uh, this was in my head earlier and I never asked. You moved around a lot? Did you just you had many houses? And so I feel like maybe it didn't come up, but you were you ever robbed at any of your houses? Um I don't remember too far back. Uh the only time I can remember us being robbed was not our house. When I lived in North Carolina, uh Greenville, North Carolina, another backwater, um someone smashed one of our car windows. And again, took change. This time it was a lot more change. It was like a Tupperware full of change. Nice. Because uh, tolls like it's worth smashing a window for. Yeah, tolls were a thing, and uh, Easy Pass wasn't. Oh yeah. As far as like somewhat legitimate fears my parents have, it's the idea of an Easy Pass existing in a car. Like when you're not in the car, the Easy Pass should not be there. When they see people with cars like with the Easy Pass just on the windshield. That's got to be like a fear to them. It's a fear I haven't gotten over yet. There's a. Well, you live in the city. Yeah. My um, parents do not. What's the distinction there? What do you mean? I'm confused. Uh, my parents don't feel like someone's going to smash in their window in the suburbs to get their easy pass, but they are scared that if I'm in the city, that someone will. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's really stupid for me to worry about putting my easy pass up. Because easy passes are like kind of hard to use because they're attached to a license, <laughs> license plate. plate. Sure. So they have to steal my car with it. Yeah. Um, and it becomes an inconvenience and a minor hazard every time I have to lean across to pull out this easy pass from my glove compartment. And then you do the lean where you hold the easy pass up for like a long while before and a long while after. Yes. It's all around dangerous and stupid and I just <laughs> need to put it on my windshield. In- in um, defense of the just leaving it on your windshield, when my car was broken into, it had the easy pass on the windshield, and it stayed there. Because it's so difficult to use. Like, you can just go and use it. Like, it, it's not like it checks against the plate. It's like, no, no, now you can't. But, like... But, like, it, that's attached to my car. And now there's a picture of your car. Y- yeah. Whatever car they used. Um, Do you think they're also going to steal a car? I mean, at that point, I don't really care they're framing someone for stealing an easy pass by stealing that person's car (laughs) they steal and then driving a long way all right so they break into your car steal your easy pass break into another car steal that replace its easy pass with your easy pass return the other easy pass to your car and then steal the other car or they just swap some easy passes around and have some fun with it all right it feels like a good time this seems like a very minor Batman villain. You know what? So here I am voting this morning, right? And then I'm walking to work, and I'm walking the way that I would walk every day from our old apartment, uh, which we lived in until this past summer, right? Yes. 
the right. summer that just passed. Yeah, no, this previous Happy summer. fall, everybody. It's a really shitty day out. It's the fall. It's cold enough for the goths to wear black and for it to not be terrible to wear black all the time. So good job if you guys made it through the summer. Why is that what I said? <laughs> <laughs> I also wondered. Can I, can I fucking complain for a second? Here's the thing. Uh, this whole podcast is me complaining. I got up earlier than I have in a very long time today. I was up at 5.20 today. Daylight savings or? Normal uh, human being 5.20, whatever the clock said. No, I just meant like, is 6.20. I said is 6.20 a time like you would normally get up? No. It doesn't sound it. Yeah. No. We live together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was extremely thrown off that you were up as early as I was. Rob, I got up earlier than you. That I, you were out and about. Oh, I no. You were I woke out earlier. Up, I woke up. I went. I made an egg casserole. And then, <laughs> then I sat around my house for a little while. And then I left. And then I took a shitty way to get to my old apartment, and then I walked past you on the street. <laughs> I I was up so fucking early this morning, but because of fucking daylight savings time, I saw the sunrise, and I was like, yeah, but like I could have fucking walked around when it was dark. And <laughs> like, at least felt like I got up early. If the sun's still there, it doesn't feel like I'm getting up early. But there I am, post-voting. I'm walking the same route I walked every day, the same route I walked while I'm listening to this podcast hearing that, like, if Pennsylvania doesn't go immediately to Trump, that, like, that's a good sign, or immediately to Hillary, that's a good sign for Trump. And I realized that, like, I'm pretty sure for the next long amount of time that make X, Y again, as in make America great again, is going to be the new keep calm and X, Y. Yeah. And I realized this, and I just sat with the fact that, like, this is now just a norm. This is an everyday part of my life. I, I think, I disagree. Okay. I think it. Please convince me. Yeah. No, I think it's evocative enough of, uh, of the Trump presidency. It it harkens back to something divisive enough that it it can't catch on the same way. Keep calm, like keep calm and carry on is somewhat wrongly attributed uh to like world war Two and like being strong in the face of nazi adversity like there's not a a side you can't be on there i need to just point out really quick nick is like a person that i would go to in real life for being like i don't understand this part of history please talk to me uh, these so, are big, wait, wait, big so shoes to fill into so you're saying that that make uh, that uh, keep calm and carry on is not a World War Two thing. What about make do and mend? Um, I think make do and mend. I can't really speak on this authoritatively, so sure. I can't wait to but make a fool th- myself. You can speak a lot better than I do. Um, make do and mend does sound like uh very very contemporary. Um, in a in a way, keep calm and carry on does as well. But uh, make do and mend would have driven towards like everything was scarce. We need to reuse whatever we have um but keep calm and carry on if i'm not mistaken was more of a pop culture thing that emerged after the war it either wasn't a thing or was not a big thing during during the war from what i understand and remember so it's, it's been attributed to it uh but i think because it's it's strongly linked with world war ii wherein you cannot pick the wrong side of it uh 
well, I please, mean, history is please by the hold. <laughs> yeah. Um, and no one won this election. But I think make make America great again, make X Y again. Uh, I think it's it's too evocative of something too divisive. I think we would actually have more make X Y again if Trump had lost. Yes. I that would be a shorthand way for people on the left side of the political spectrum to make a joke both at whatever they're making but also to evoke wow look at this person that was we thought was so laughable and were soundly trounced in this election whereas now i don't think you're likely going to have people that are like very hardcore trump supporters making a make xy again because it's too close to make america great again and you won't have people on the left making that because it's going to hurt too much. That's I, I guess my I feel, take on it. I guess I feel fully opposite here because the thing for me is not like, I'm not trying to say that everyone does it, but like that for certain people, there's always going to be like make X, Y again as a, as like a symbol. Like, I, I don't know. I, I can't give an example because it hasn't happened yet, but I, I'm seeing it as like, Band shirts level of things. Uh, I have two quick examples for you. Yeah. Uh, one of the first ones was uh, I'm, I'm big into video games. You can tell. I talked about my glasses for a while. Uh, one of my favorite studios is Paradox. Uh, they released a game earlier this year I was very pumped for uh, called Stellaris. And it's a space game. They did all these live streams with the developers. Uh, playing the game uh, for weeks leading up to the release to get you pumped about it. And for this game, they made Make Space Great Again hats. Um, it, uh, this, I must be off on my timeline. I think it was before the election. Okay. Um, we were living together at the very least, but that only puts it within eight months plus or minus. So. Yeah. Um, they're from Sweden. So that's th- a bit of an outside perspective, but uh, there's one very commercial example uh, to support your point that I uh, said was wrong. But it was pre-election. I think. The whole, I the could whole be wrong. thing I'm saying is I'm talking about the next 10 years. Sure. Uh, just this week, uh, oh. Shin- Shinzo Abe uh, gave, hat, um, gave a hat to know. Trump that... Who's sh- oh, okay. Yep. Um, Prime Minister of Japan. Um, please edit out if we look up and that's not his name. It's um, Shinzo Abe. Yes. <laughs> please keep it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, he gave a, a hat to Trump that says like, uh, "Make alliance greater again." Um, hmm. It's. I think you're right. I think it has potential but i just don't think it can be quite as universally commercial i I see it as meme worthy not commercial with with i mean not to like target a specific example you're giving but with shinzo abe there i think that's more of a he's playing to trump in a way that like he's trying to keep trump actively engaged with japan and keep american armed forces protecting japan like involved in that area of the world uh, absolutely, I think he's playing to his audience. Yeah, he's he's, he's a good politician. Um, I think absolutely it's playing to the audience, but there is an audience. Fair, and it's not just Trump. 
It's not an audience of one. I'm so I'm so <laughs> excited about which of these bullet points we hit next. Hey Nick. Yeah, Ian. Oh, this is a long one. I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> so here's the you guys have seen Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Having a holiday party here today. <laughs> Why would you laugh at that's not even a joke? Because oh. I don't know which holiday party. We've established it could be for anything from Halloween to Christmas to Harry Potter's birthday. <laughs> so there I am, November 9th. Maybe it's November 10th by this point, 2016. And I'm very, very sad. Um, and I'm in the same, like, literally the best, um, the best explanation I have for this is in the same way that when I was a little kid and I would, like, learn about a video game or something that I couldn't ever get, but I was very excited for, I would just, like, voraciously, like, assume anything about this game. I specifically remember that I, at one point, had a Game Boy and I had a case for the Game Boy. And this is weird, because at this point I had Pokemon Blue, but the case for the Game Boy had a picture of Cerule, like of a Game Boy on it. And on the screen of the Game Boy case was uh, Cerulean City, it, or maybe Saffron City. One of the cities from Pokemon, one of those two specifically. And I would look at this case and I would think about this city, even though it was just a random screen cap of a random city in a random video game. Um... And, like, with that same hunger, with that same, like, just needing to hear anyone talk about this thing that I was excited about that was everything to me, I, that's how I felt the days after the election, where I had all of these people who, through whatever, like, podcasting, and through the fact that I was not, I, I like, didn't have friends at work, still kind of don't, but, like, was just not hearing other voices that often like these were people who are a lot of who are to me like friends and they were dealing with the same thing as me and I wanted to hear that and so there's this episode of um, Daring Fireball that might be the name of the podcast otherwise it's the name of the blog but um, it's this guy based in Philly whose name I'm forgetting and I'm doing him a disservice John Gruber I'm sorry so uh, there's a podcast called Daring Fireball, which was John Gruber, a guy from Philadelphia. Uh, he is the main guy. And then Merlin Mann, a person who I respect and like a lot, uh, was on an episode immediately following the election where they just talk about the fact, like, just in this kind of weird, like, I guess this happened kind of way. And I must have listened to that, like, two or three times in the four hours I had spare to myself um, immediately following the election. Uh, but uh, the whole point is that, that uh, John Gruber is either drinking or smoking. It is not very clear. It's probably clear to someone who knows him better than me. But uh, he keeps just saying like he's having a holiday party. So that was supposed to be this whole joke and now it's turned into <laughs> me explaining here's the thing which mattered a lot to me at the time. And like I still listen back to and still feel the way I felt then. I listened to this, like, two months ago uh, and still just, like, had this weird, like, tenseness, this weird feeling that I had immediately following the election. Specific detail, do you guys remember when, like, basically Trump had won, but the news networks had not announced that Trump had won? And they were just like, well, 
if literally every person in Florida moved to this one spot and <laughs> voted for Hillary. Like there was there was like counties in Florida where they're like, well, if all of these go to Hillary and then also every state which is going to go Trump doesn't go Trump. This is that like 8:30 or so. Like Florida gets in pretty early. Okay, I went to bed very early. Okay. That's I thought it was more around 10 when things started to... Pennsylvania closed at 8, which is the thing that, like, we got all our votes in for Philly and Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and, like, it wasn't enough. It was too close to call, and that's that was when my gut started to sink. So we left the one bar pretty soon after, and we went across the street to Jose Pistolas, where we had other friends there, because we, like, literally, I had friends there to celebrate Hillary winning. Like, we were going to go to the bar for this. <sighs> and it was not a good night. Um, Marissa and I got in a fight on the way home. We probably left at, like, 11, 11.30 to take the subway home. I don't remember any of the details, but, we like, we got in a fight on the subway. Because I had given up on the election at this point, and she hadn't. And I was being, like, drab and all that. And then we got home and we watched it for a while. Eventually, Marissa gave up and went to bed because she had work the next morning because she was yet to take off to take care of me. Um, and I stayed up till 3.30 or 4 in the morning. Um, kind of like paralyzed on the couch. Watching everything that was happening. I just remember somewhere around 10 realizing my heart rate was somewhere north of double my resting heart rate just <laughs> like here's a weird question what's your resting heart rate rob somewhere in the 60s okay yeah so it was somewhere in the 120s 130s that's good because if you said 90 you would have had a real problem <laughs> but still like that order of magnitude like i was yeah. just sitting on the couch but my heart was beating like i had gone for a brisk jog like it, and it there, like did not abate until I don't know. I guess I woke up the next morning. It like uh, sidetrack. Yeah. Um, Please talk about the Ren Fair. <laughs> fun thing I found out, uh, dear listener. Um, there's this thing uh, called Holiday Heart. I don't know if any of you guys know about it. I have no idea. I what have never heard of this. Um, I think it's a more ye oldie fashiony thing, uh, as far as naming, but. Um, uh, that's where you rip a heart out of something and you put it in different places of your house through <laughs> Christmas to convince the child that the heart is it's, alive still. It's a holiday heart. This is a non-denominational decoration. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, Around December, because that's when the holidays are, question mark? All of them. All at once for everybody. Um, would, you, would you be terribly offended if I interrupted you for 30 more seconds? No, I do not. No, of course. Uh, one of the lines that I have towed very often with cultural appropriation is that like in reading about Kwanzaa there are a lot of like genuinely very cool things that I would love to celebrate and I do not think I could host a Kwanzaa celebration that does not at some point seem like I'm making a joke of Kwanzaa but I would very much love to have an earnest Kwanzaa celebration you want want to try this year? I don't know I don't have the weekends for it this year Tell me about this holiday. We've already discovered it. Um, How busy these weekends are. Holiday Heart is this strange phenomenon where 
the day after you drink too much, say on a holiday, your heart rate will just go ballistic for hours and hours, maybe up to all day. Uh, this is a thing you've told me you experienced. Monday after wedding. <laughs> one of the best days. One of the best days. Of recent memory. Of recent memory. Um, was a day of... It was a very weird day, too. Because the entire day, I felt incredibly, incredibly apprehensive. Because, like, your heart beats fast when you're apprehensive. Yeah. Um, Fight or flight. I've not really drank. Because I don't want to deal with that again. Uh, I'll get over at some point and drink for one of these podcasts, but uh, yeah, it's it's like really really terrible. Um, it's not fun to have your heart beat really fast and you not be able to calm down. That's my thoughts on hearts beating fast. It wasn't great that night. I mean, I, I dealt with something similar. Like I was also trying to sleep and tossing and turning and fever dreaming. So, I mean, as far as wedding goes, I did great. Uh, I drank way more than I should have. But I also ate maybe two and a half times what I eat in a normal day during the wedding. So, at basically every opportunity for food, I said, yes, also extra. Uh, I did great. I danced. And yeah. this was the only thing I needed to do to have a successful wedding. I did that, and I was good. I was very proud of both of you. Like, I, I don't know. I both didn't know how many people would dance. You Until and I, Nick. Oh, okay, cool. I also danced more than I thought. Like, signs of a good wedding. Like, we all danced more than we thought, a thing that we nominally do not like. Um, yeah, I definitely, uh, on several occasions, uh, Matt just pushed me towards the floor, and I was like, no. Because <laughs> it was my shift again. Um, but it, it worked out okay. Uh, November 9th, <laughs> 2016. There's this fucking... Oh, there's a list. Of course, it's Nate Silver with this fucking picture of Trump on the front, which is not a good picture of Trump. Or it's not a good picture to me of Trump. But, um, like, uh, he, he basically posted this article saying, like, that today, November 9th, 2016, all of these articles are going to come out talking about how the country has changed and how it reflects our current climate and that all these articles are going to come out divisively saying how America is. And the whole point of the article is to say, if you take the election results and you move 1% in every state towards Hillary, that all of those articles would have been different. That Hillary would have won by a similar margin based on 1% of the popular vote. And this was maybe the thing I needed the most, was a reminder that like, more more hay was going to be made of this than needed to be. Uh, I'm doing a bad job describing it, I guess. I get I understand what you're saying that the world wasn't it wasn't a snap change. It was the world it always was. Well, the world wasn't, but my world was. Like the oh god, risky business getting into this with so little time to talk. But no, uh uh we had to step away for a minute to fix podcast stuff. I'll be right back. Commercial time. Um, so I had to take a break for a second there, but I feel like the number one thing for me, this election was that it was just the, the sudden shock slash weight of realizing that like all of the bullshit that I had been sold for a long time about how like 
racism was over, sexism was over. Like, I was dealing with these things at the same time that the election happened. Um, and suddenly it all came to a head on November 8th, 2016. Um, like, suddenly the fact that someone could run on, like, what I would consider to be a bigoted platform, that someone could be talking about a travel ban, that someone could be, you know, one of the big questioners of Obama's uh, American legitimacy based on name and race, like, that that person could suddenly go on to be the president, like, that was really weird to me. Um, And I definitely, I guess this is just a second topic, but, like, Obama not in the way of like not my president but like obama was not my president like obama got elected before i could vote and then obama continued to be elected like this was my first election was obama or sorry was was trump versus hillary and i got like really dug in to like go hillary because between the two it's the obvious choice um I'm, i'm not saying hillary was a perfect choice i'm not saying hillary was a terrible choice i'm just saying that between the two like, it is the obvious choice to me. And so when when we lost this one, we, saying that on purpose at this point, like, it was a big deal to me. Um, to branch off of how momentous it felt sure. uh, that, like, racism was still a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that does feel like a really momentous realization to come to. Um super it's super cis white straight privilege thing like this is like as the most normal quote-unquote normal average person like oh things aren't perfect for everyone like Who <laughs> how knew? weird someone should have told me about that yeah <laughs> at the same time i also hesitate to ascribe like too much momentum or too much gravity and really excitement to this like at the end of the day i don't imagine trump's going to be the worst president we've ever had i think we've done worse i don't want to give him too much credit on on the good or bad side of the spectrum like i think he's done just about nothing so far except alienate people and but i think that legislatively he's done very little yes i think that public appearance wise he's done a lot uh yes uh and i think a lot of that should be a lot of um, of what other people think of America can be undone pretty quickly, you know, three years from now. Haha. Um, that was a, but that ha ha. That was a definite thing. Where like in the week following the election, I remember saying to you like, "This is just life for the next." Like it was a weird part to me, but this is just life for the next four, probably eight years. Yeah, re-election's a thing that is easier than being elected the first time. Um, so we do have to kind of face that possibility. That's fun. Um, I I mean, this is how I felt like immediately following the election. I feel like the, the week or two weeks following it was defined by two things for me. One of which was the, oh, what was, oh, what are the delegates? What are they called? Sup- not super delegates. It was basically, there is... A thing where the electoral college can vote sorry not delegates the electoral college can vote against how their state voted the elect are you just talking about the electors name for when they do this Uh, i don't remember off the top i don't but yes that's a thing they can do yeah so so basically 
immediately following the election because there is a time between the election and when the electoral college votes uh there were all these articles going around about like okay well all the electoral college has to do is have this many people defect like literally the same amount of people who have ever done it in protest or by accident all have to do it at once in order to make trump not the president and then as soon as that was out of it then everyone was talking about impeachment and i was like as far as I was concerned, from November 9th onwards, this was not, like, Trump is a problem, but Trump was not the problem. The problem was all of these things, which I was a, I was suddenly starkly aware of. All these things where, like, a man could become elected on grabber by the pussy level comments and have that not be, have that not be the end of the election. Where in my head, that was the end. Like... Just the idea that the world was different in this fundamental way than I ever knew. And, and so no amount of no amount of having Bernie or Hillary win instead or no amount of impeaching him and having Pence come up, like, the election wasn't about them. The election was about the people who voted for them. The election was about my uncle who, like... In my entire life, my one side of my family, very, very staunchly Republican. And my uncle basically was like kind of a minor political figure, I guess. Um, Not 100% clear to me, but I think he was a minor political figure. And I think like went out of his way to burn bridges um, after the grabber by the pussy comments a couple days later. Saying, like, I am in no way supporting Trump. Like, this is not a Republican. This is just a man who is running on our platform. And I did not ruin Christmas 2016 because I did not mention the election to him. Because as much as I wanted to know how did he vote, I did not ask. And I'm pretty positive he voted for Trump. Like, by the t- I think he backed off at one point and he came back on. <sighs> the thing that I sorry if you still had something yeah I, I still got a little more the other so that was one half was here is all this stuff where I think uh, here is all this stuff where like suddenly the world I'm just seeing things better that like I've never seen through my privilege um, the other half was all of the debates and all of the articles and stuff about how you should feel half of which were like your feelings are valid like it's okay to feel sad and the other half of which were like, no, if you feel sad, like, you're letting them win. Or, you know, like, all all these weird, ter- terrible articles telling you how you should feel, which none of which, no post on the internet telling you how you should anything is going to help anyone, in my opinion. Like, the idea of a way you should feel is just a damaging thing to the person who doesn't feel that way. Eh. It's a very long podcast topic, as far as I'm concerned. Um, the idea of a should feeling. Like, this thing should make me happy. This thing, you know, I don't like should feelings. But that that was the other thing. Like, you should feel angry. You should feel sad. Like, I saw articles on both sides of this, and I read so many of them. None of them made me feel better. But again, I was, like, just consuming constantly anything about the election. Just, this is the only thing I could think about, and I needed other people to help me think. I think in the immediate aftermath, I wasn't so much looking for just anything to help me think. I was looking for anything to help me feel effective. Um, in that, like, I I didn't feel 
I felt pretty powerless, so something that would make me feel like I was doing very much of anything. I still feel powerless. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have anything that I... I've been to a couple of protest marches, but aside from that, uh, voting and donating is mostly all I got. Um, pretty early um, in this whole conversation about the election, uh, I wanted to ask both of you, have either of you ever considered running for office? Any office at any level? Good so, timing. Immediately in the wake of the election, I did. Not for 2017, for sure. But I thought, like... Oh, you better not release this podcast. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm screwing any chance at local office. But no, 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 I did think like a lot about that. Like, how are you going? Which, which could I spend more effort to make things better in? Um, voting and trying to get my friends to vote, or trying to run for office. And that is like what it comes down to for me is like what I would be good at. And I don't think I'd be good at office. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm not a real mechanical engineer. I don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> I mostly do software at work. I'm a manufacturing guy. <laughs> I've come to realize. Yeah. I very much can tell you if you can build something or not. <laughs> the answer is usually no, you can't build <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> uh, other manufacturers What a, what a funny understand. topic, how none of us went to school for things we actually spend time doing. Uh, I'm, I might have given you this already, but there's four different things on my hand here. One of them is what I went to school for, one of them is what I do, one of them is what I'm currently going to school for, and one of them is what I want to do. <laughs> four entirely separate things. Um, yeah. I should have been a history professor. I would have been happier. I say. Oh. And I would have been poorer. How you should feel, Nick. That's not today's topic. I missed it. I missed it, but, well, depends on how we cut it. We can just come back for how should we feel, like, on a different day. I mean, that's just a constant. We could talk about that every week. Oh, uh, that's true. I could, give you, I could literally give you 30 minutes every week on that. Uh, but we're talking for a second. We're talking about, um, like, feeling powerless, right? There, so there's this guy who you have to have seen. Rob and I... Although we don't walk together, we both take the same bus in the mornings from the same bus stop. There's this guy in a Ray Webb, like, I don't know if it's construction. It's some sort of sweatshirt for a company called Ray Webb, um, who has been increasingly, he went from sitting to sleeping to laying uh, on the benches at the bus stop that we both go to. You've seen this man. You have I, to. I probably have. I haven't seen the sweatshirt. Has there been a homeless man sleeping on the bench where you normally catch the bus? Yes, he's usually asleep when I'm there. Yeah, it's this guy. Yeah, okay. Okay, so here I fucking am in the mornings, right? I'm sitting, waiting for my bus. It's five to ten minutes usually. And I see this guy, and I feel terrible. And I do not know what to do. Even a little bit. Like, in Philadelphia, November 9th, Sorry, November 7th, 2017. It is getting colder. Like, God, uh, this is going to be the sad... This is supposed to be an episode where I, like, spent the whole walk here crying a little bit and thinking about the election. But this is the part that's making me feel the fucking worst. Is the fact that, like, I've been seeing this homeless man on our bus stop. He's only been there less than two weeks. 
and I feel fucking powerless every time I see him. And I could literally, like, I don't know, am I supposed to, like, if I give him money, that doesn't solve the problem. And the fact that it doesn't solve the problem doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do. But I just sit around feeling like I have I have no idea what to do. I have this guy where I wish that we had some sort of, like, universal income, universal housing, universal anything. Something where I knew that we as a whole were taking care of this guy. But even if I, like, even if I started giving this one person out of the three homeless people that I pass every day on the way to work, by the way, um, even if I started giving this one of them, like, ten bucks a day, I don't know if that's the right, I don't know if that helps. Like, what does that do when I'm one person doing this? Like, to, to me, the point of the government is to be, like, a thing which helps us all be our best. Like, ideally, that's what you want out of not just any office but any person is like someone who hopes you be your best to me i'm getting really defensive here i don't need to i i I wish that i had i wish that i had less and this person had more i wish every person had less and this person had more and this is the kind of thing that like god i have like forty thousand ways to talk about this i have no idea I have this thing I have this thing so buried on the list of sometimes topics that I'm not going to like quite get into but like I have issues with the idea of karma. Like for a long time I thought in terms of karma for such a long time. Like do good things and good things happen to you. But the problem is that when like when you reverse that, right? If you've had good things happen to you then you've done good things. Um can I reverse it in a different way? Absolutely, please. Um, if something bad happens to you, did you do bad things? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, every part of this. Yes, and so you have these people who, through whatever means, are in a good situation, and it means they've done good things. Not that karma is a thing which is like religiously believed, but it is an idea that we all think about. I don't think anyone doesn't like it's a constant it's it's a trope in all of our media like the good guy does good things and good things happens to him the bad guy does bad things and bad things happens to him so if you happen to be someone with a lot of money and a nice house and like a happy family maybe a happy family who knows like what is to tell you you haven't done good things if that's the way that we as a culture think about it so so i sit there and i'm just (sighs) god this all has to do with this one guy that i've been like staring at and just incessantly thinking about at the bus stop and i can't i can't put it all together right now i mean it's to condense it into like like a concise statement is very difficult i think that's something like that i would expect from like a sociologist like that those are the like the idea that good things happen to you because you've done good things is something that I I mean it shows up a lot elsewhere, but like from what I've yeah, read, I'm, particularly, I'm definitely using karma as shorthand. Yeah, but like th- that idea, like in general, I guess it shows up a lot elsewhere, but it particularly shows up in American culture, and it particularly with regard to wealth. Yes, um, and, and and 
quote unquote, I earned this. Yeah. Like, that's the, that's the part that drives me crazy is like, ba- like what portion of it is based on your individual efforts versus what portion of it is where you started um, and how the world saw you as you moved. It's over like the past year I've started to find started to I think accept that most of where I am in life is where I started. Absolutely. I, I yeah. think there's very I don't want to say that I didn't work hard or anything, but regardless of whether or not I worked hard, I started pretty high up. Like no, that, there, okay. there's I had a big head up on everybody else. Uh for Ian, um if you are like keeping scorecards for this, like Ian did Ian started like pretty high up. Um, Ian was moderately clever and Ian did not work very hard but the thing is that if you like do things and are moderately clever and start high enough it doesn't fucking matter <sighs> Rob please Rob Nick please save me uh, can I pick one out that I've really been wanting to talk about <laughs> yeah, yeah I think I know what you're gonna pick wait can you guess uh, I'm gonna pick oh great now I have guilt Oh no, that one's fascinated me. Okay, but okay. I it feels like a landmine, and I and I wanted to joke introduce it, and I knew it was going to be something terrible that I couldn't joke introduce. It's not. Okay, good. No, but what's the one you want to talk about? I want to talk about Ren Fair real bad. Oh yes, good, please. Okay. good. So uh, preface: Rob and I went to the Ren Fair uh, three weeks ago. Nick went to the Ren Fair a week and a half ago, right? Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, separate from us, neither of us were able to make it. I would love to hear how Nick's time at the Ren Fair was. So, uh, Ren Fair could have been better only because we kind of we kind of had to go late. Yeah. Mm. I'm so excited to go back. And I yes. think that is a, a good explanation of my day. I feel like I got the smallest taste of what Ren Fair has to offer. And, and I'm excited. Absolutely. Okay, so you were probably driving. Who went? Uh, so I was not driving. Um, oh. it was actually Julia driving. Okay. Julia drove up from Delaware with, good, a couple of her friends, uh, whose names I definitely know. Uh, I hope you're not listening. And you're just not sharing because it's a podcast. Yep. Uh, privacy, your privacy is important to me. Just, uh, just Rose not and the third person I forget the name of. Um, uh, so it was me and Chelsea and... Uh, three other girls. Yeah, and, Julia et al. Uh, Julia Rose and her friend. Um, so, one of the first things I noticed, and this is going to harken back to... Sorry, you went on what I think was the last ho- weekend of Halloween, right? It was It was the last weekend of Ren Fair, I think. And we're back. Okay, uh, we maybe lost a minute there, so I'm just going to cut back in. Nick, you were telling us about going to the Ren Fair. Uh, Ren Fair was fun. Um, yeah, we ha- we have uh too many guys in our friend group, and it was Absolutely. definitely a very different dynamic. Um, and you know, not always. Re- I'm I'm an awkward person. Uh, and, and these were like some people I don't know too well. I'd argue with you there. Cool, appreciate it. Um, <laughs> it's not on tape. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And it was, it was definitely, like, uh, at times awkwardly silent and at other times perfectly pleasant and really fun uh, car ride. 
Um, Can I ask about the awkwardly silent? Sure. Was it awkward for you or was it awkward for the car? Uh, it's always hard to tell. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm asking you to talk objectively about a thing you were in subjectively. So. Yeah. Uh, it's always hard, always hard to tell, but I definitely felt the, the odd man out there. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, Ren Fair itself was, was really cool. And to be clear, this was your first time at this at any, at Ren, any Fair Ren Fair. Or? Okay, cool. Uh, first time at any Ren Fair. Uh, I thought that I, I showed up in just my trusty jeans uh, and my green plaid. Classic. Just, just for you. <laughs> uh, my green flannel, sorry. Uh, and I was worried that I would feel like an idiot for not dressing up to this Ren Fair. And it turns out lots of other people choose to just enjoy Ren Fair without dressing up. Yep. So pro tip to everybody out there who felt nervous. Ren Fair is a very accepting place. Yeah, it makes sense in hindsight. Um, but either way, I really love the attention to detail of like a lot of people whether it looked like cool historically accurate stuff uh or just cool more fantasy stuff there's still all this attention to detail on all these cool costumes and then there was good food uh looked like good beer and were you i'm sorry oh this was post-wedding so you haven't drank between them now uh, I've drank very little between okay. then and now. There, I mean, the beer is beer. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like they had good selection and like they had ciders and stuff. And I thought, oh, how inclusive. Uh, they had like mead. I'd I'd try some mead. I didn't see mead. Like I didn't see you? real mead. Yeah. I mean, uh, I wasn't keeping a good eye out. Mm. That might be a wrench in that plan. But either way, uh, we we unfortunately didn't have that long to wander around before we decided that the Washing Wenches show would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Was this one of the adult shows? It is. I think by the name that it is. It is so much an adult show. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of adult show where it's... It's funny enough to make jokes for the first 15 minutes about all the parents who bought children there, and then horrifying that they really didn't take the hint and leave. Uh, do you guys know anything about this show? I'm gonna I'm gonna pin this really quickly and talk about me watching Treehouse of Horror. Oh, please, yeah. Which is that Marissa and I, uh, in celebration of of Halloween, I almost said Christmas, started rewatching the Simpsons Halloween of Horror episodes. And on the first one, there's this long, like literally minute and a half long bit at the beginning where Marge comes out between like a red curtain and is just like, "Hey, don't let your kids watch this for like a minute and a half." And then on the second one, it's the same exact scene. And Marge comes out and goes, hey, last year we told you not to let your kids watch this. And a lot of people let their kids watch this. And then they sent us complaints about it. Please don't let your kids watch this. Uh, that's what I immediately think about with the wenches. Are these... So so at the Ren Fair, you come in and you're kind of on top of a hill. If you went all the way down the hill and to the bar on the left, are the wenches kind of back to back with this bar i want i want to say you walk in the entrance they were back and to your right oh okay uh, I don't know areas. Are. so kind of this must be another adult area i'm i'm actually i don't think i went to the left at all I, there's an entire half the ren fair i don't know oh about. the ren fair oh, yeah. is the ren fair is at minimum as far as i'm concerned a three-day experience 
cool. Yeah. I did half a day at most. There is a lot. It's a good reason to be there. excited for next year. I already had plenty, so. Um, I, I think the place Nick's talking about is the pirate area that we saw at the very oh. end of the day. Yeah, I've I've walked through the pirate area a few times. Were they outdoors? They were definitely outdoors, yeah. Okay. And I can't say the area was particularly pirate-themed at this point, but okay. uh, we were kind of near where they do the big joust at the end. I think you got disoriented. I'm pretty sure you're where I think you were, okay. but anyway. And then I may have been way off to the left. I don't know any of this way off to the right bit with, <laughs> with pirates, so that's cool. Um, See, <laughs> we first thing at the Red Fair, you saw, what, what time is it about? We must have shown up at like... Three? Four? I think it was even later than that. Four or five. Oh. So we missed... What a shame. Yeah, yeah. We, missed, we missed a lot of stuff, um, which is okay. It's a good reason to go back. Um, but it meant we were there late for like food and like we couldn't do that much. And we knew we had to do a quick turnaround. Yep. We wanted to catch the joust, which meant getting there a little early to get an acceptable spot. Um, we rushed out quick anyway. So you guys didn't see human chess? Nope. I didn't get to see human okay. chess very disappointed okay so you saw the wenches how uh, uh keep going for the wenches you're 15 minutes in uh and and they really like went on and on about the subject and individually naming and shaming parents you what is your name <laughs> like talking to a child like this one wench uh there's two wenches one of them spent a lot of time wandering through the crowd um occasionally doing unspeakable things and the other one spent most of her time sitting on a bench on stage commenting about how she wasn't doing anything she was just taking a break the whole time. Uh, but this, this the one wench would walk around, and she would talk to a child. She'd be like, hey, kid, what's your name? How old are you? Eleven? Wow. What's wrong with your parents? <laughs> Different kid. <laughs> hey, kid. And so that dried on for a while. Um, and then the show transformed a bit. A lot of drinking happened, and... The new theme became... As in the self-proclaimed wenches were drinking? As in... Yes, they were. The, a lot of their jokes were about drinking. Okay. Um, they drank a few beers. And then there's this whole bit where she was trying to drink, but she needed to concentrate or center herself. I forget the way she put it. And the way she did that was to literally uh, like walk up to one of the bleachers. We were all sat in bleachers into the crowd um and she she took a a guy's head and put it between her legs and put her dress over top and 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 just there was lots of jokes to that i don't i don't know how pg you want your your podcast to be (laughs) drop a few f-bombs but uh there's some obvious jokes happening there about their nose being in the right spot uh while she tried to drink and sing um at some point she had a dude's head under her dress and she was talking to a small child about how she shouldn't be watching what's happening right now. And if she's not careful, she'll be a wench one day, too. The whole experience was uncomfortable for me. Can I talk about audience participation? Yes. Okay. It's, it's a topic I, I, do, I was going to get to. So how much have you... Uh, I, I'm sorry to interrupt your podcast here, Nick. Yeah. Uh, how much... <laughs> uh, w- uh, at what sort of events have you been, like, the audience participation? Uh... If I can help it, none. Rob? Um, I danced in the aisle at a musical where 
all the music was ska, and I don't think I was supposed to dance. What is this musical? I, <laughs> I'm sorry, Nick. You're, you're you got upstairs. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> uh, I, How old are you? I was pre-junior year of Drexel. Okay. So you're 20-ish. Somewhere in there. It, Pre-junior, junior year. Um, probably pre-junior because of was summer and i would have been in nevada in summer otherwise um uh, there's not much to say about it it was a un like an unimpressive musical aside from the fact that someone's like hey but what if all the music was ska it's, <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's some pretty low level modifications <laughs> yeah like it uh, that's about all that happened and yeah that there, this it did not have a particularly grand plot because I don't remember it, um, and the music wasn't particularly great because I don't remember it. Aside it was from danceable, the genre. apparently. Well, yeah, but that's like the most ska because it's just the one dance you do where you run around in a circle and throw your arms about. One, get off your seat. Two, stop your boots to the beat. Three, throw your knees in the air. Offending all of our ska listeners. Kevin will be furious. <laughs> I was, I was not like a popular person, but I was a character. Uh, it, listen, when you have a high school of eighty-five, like everyone knows everyone, but everyone especially knew me. Um, for a long time, I would literally, let's call this a total of ten to fifteen, but far more than it should have been uh, days in middle school that I walked around for the day wearing a box like a box that came from Munchkin's the Dunkin Donuts little donut holes a Munchkin box on my head that was just a thing I decided to do after I found a piece of trash on the floor and put it on my head once that was just like oh I'm going to adopt this as a character trait so I was kind of a character for a while um there was a talent show where there was a dancing portion. Um, I did not dance. I still really do not dance, as we talked about. I'm making these weird, like, awkward arm-shoulder motions to try and relieve all the tension <laughs> that is in my shoulders as we talk about this. And uh, uh, there was a there was a school event wherein one kid and I, Keenan and I, were on the stage in part of a dance competition, and we teamed up during the dance competition uh he started spinning me around while holding me on his shoulders but keenan also was like a small shrimpy kid and so uh while spinning me around he almost like nailed my head into a metal table that was on the stage and the school president some random senior of the school had to tackle the two of us to keep me because like keenan was losing his balance and it was either towards this table or off the stage so the school president had to tackle us so as to not, like, destroy my childhood brain. Um, that's one example. Uh, in Drexel, we went to a magician show, and I was part of the people who pretended to be hypnotized and got on stage for that. I've been a part of the crowd for many things, and I do not very much enjoy those things. Uh, the, the, the worst part, I think, of the people she chose uh, to concentrate with. Yeah. To 
they didn't have a choice in their audience participation. What? That is such a difference. Sorry, yes. I didn't. I didn't make this clear. That is one hundred percent a huge difference. Random people. This woman waded into the crowd, and picked victims. Oh. At at random, seemingly at random. Uh, she definitely seemed to enjoy talking to that person's significant other if there was an obvious one around. It just feels like it, it couldn't have been comfortable for anyone in the situation uh, if that person is any anything like me. Some people, I'm sure, would enjoy that, and it was going to be the most hilarious thing that ever happened. That's cool. It's just not me. And if I had been sitting near the front and she did this to me, I, I would have had to have walked out of this, this show. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have dealt with this well. Yeah. I well, sat in the very back, luckily. A distinction I'd make for myself is like that is neither a person I want to be, nor a person I want to want to be. Like, it's not like oh I got forced into this situation that like I wish I was better at, but just like oh this is a thing I don't want. <laughs> yeah, just all around there was nothing good about that portion of the show, and and so I just spent and that was the middle third, and I just spent the middle third uncomfortable, and terrified that these people would make their way to the back <laughs> uh god forbid uh and then the last third was uh they they gave out um roses uh to willing volunteers if they would do something embarrassing and the embarrassing was like pretty unassuming like they had to like run around a little bit and yell something while wearing a tutu it, it wasn't it wasn't L- low exciting. level embarrassing yeah, yeah. um so after the wenches, after the wenches, we pretty much went straight to find a spot at the joust. Okay, had you gotten food at this point? Uh, let me ask the easier question: Did who got a turkey leg, if anyone? Uh, that would be Rose, an unnamed right. third Go companion. Rose. Um, me, Chelsea, uh, and I think Julia. Yeah, Julia. Uh, all got uh, pickles on a stick. Sure. We were. Uh, I, I I had gotten. Regaled. I'm uh, not sure if that's the second or third time you made that joke, but it's still pretty I think good. I make that joke every week. It's funny to me every time. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Uh, Julia had been telling us tales of these pickles. Hey, Nick. For weeks. What is ET short for? Extraterrestrial. Because he has such short legs. <laughs> can you cut the? Can you cut that I participated in that joke? No. <laughs> so, so you got you went to the joust. Sorry, everybody. Ian's dying. Nick, you went to the joust. <laughs> uh, we went to the joust. We couldn't see or hear much of what was going on. We hadn't heard the storyline up to that point. So a lot of people talked for a long time. They took turns walking in circles on their horses, which was impressive. Horse riding's impressive. Uh, and then they, they kind of charged at each other like half-heartedly a few times. I was disappointed with the joust, and then we had to leave before, like, the crescendo, because we wanted to get out before traffic. Oh, my God. Oh, you missed we, some good we stuff. We needed to, uh, specifically, someone needed to get home. 
Okay. Okay. No, reasonable. Yeah. That is the reason to leave early. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that, I do have a huge issue with leaving a thing you're enjoying to not sit in traffic when I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll just spend extra time with people I, I spend a very nice day with. Yeah. Mm. Um, but no, someone needed to get uh, back to Delaware. Okay. Next year, I'm very excited to go to the Ren Fair with you because you missed literally the entire Ren Fair. You did miss a lot of it. Was... Cool. I may or may not get a turkey like They semi-grossed me out? Oh, they're gross. Yeah. Most of it you can't eat. Okay. I've, for my entire life, had a problem uh, where I just have not eaten steak right. I leave that was too not, much... I was that was along. not where Nick, I thought I that was going. I was nodding along with you. I was ready to talk about like how it's weird when you go to a place where you're supposed to eat with a knife with a fork and you get served a, a chicken leg... And you don't know how you're supposed to deal, and then you start talking about steak, and now I'm fucked up. <laughs> but like, turkey leg, in the like, at least there it's like socially acceptable that you're just like gnawing on this piece of meat with a bunch of pieces of it, which you cannot eat. Uh, whereas chicken leg, you're just like, oh yes, I'm in my high school cafeteria, and also, um, you know, there's this chicken leg I'm trying to eat here. It was always weird. I would always try and eat the chicken leg with knife and fork. But what? How are you eating steak wrong? I I constantly got in trouble for uh, leaving just too much steak behind when I cut like fat and or bone away from my steak. I took too much meat with my fat and uh, wasted steak, and therefore frequently got in trouble. With your parents? Yes. See, so I don't mind for me. Spreading <laughs> yourself on your meat trimming abilities. A little ashamed around, like, you know, other people I'm supposed to be good at things near. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I spent a lot of time worrying about uh, my image in, like, Chelsea's dad's eyes. You know, that's that's a thing I gotta uh, deal with. Um, so if I, like, ate a steak in front of him, I'd be nervous. Uh, two directions to go with this. One of them is, like, me having taken culinary arts classes in college i get sell i get sold as like a quote-unquote foodie and then marissa's dad has worked for u.s foods for over a decade and marissa's brother is like a serious like very into like food very into beer guy and i'm just like oh shit like (laughs) these people know what they're talking about and like this is just like a thing which is interesting to me um, and that's always intimidating. Um, another way to go with this is that, uh, as far as like being embarrassed for how you are, I met like the captain of the Navy yard base the other day, uh, and was accidentally underdressed cause I did not know I would be meeting this man. And I was simultaneously like the whole time, like, well, fuck this. Like, this is a bullshit thing. Like I can wear, I can wear a plaid shirt to meet this man and not feel bad about it. And, oh my god, this guy is so important. How dare I wear a plaid shirt? I had both of these parts of me the whole time. It was, it was so weird. I don't think I've said this on the podcast yet. Um, but I accidentally embarrassed myself in a not-quite-similar-manner. But I embarrassed myself in front of someone who would later become head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Oh. Um, that's a thing yeah jumping up and down on the latch for a shipping container because it wouldn't close 
and he was strolling around examining some uh, hardware at the test site I worked at. A thing I think about all the time is what if something happened at work and I met Trump? And what is the most disrespectful thing I could do where with high certainty I wouldn't get shot? Because I think if I spat in his face or something, I may get shot. You you may get shot. Maybe. Like that's that's like a five to ten percent get shot to me. I think maybe a little higher. That's more. Per- it's a higher percentage of get shot than I want in my. It's more. It's more life. than I want. Is the whole point here? We don't have to talk about me getting shot for that long. <laughs> but like, like what is the most dis? What is the most like fuck you thing I can do? Boy, that's that's really sad to me. Like, I didn't go to the Ren Fair till last year, but like. You saw so little of it. There's so many things. Yeah, it was it was cool. I'm excited. Who would, at, at, in your brief in your brief time, who is the person at the Ren Fair? If you could work at the Ren Fair, what would your thing be? Oh, um, I feel like it'd be a lot of fun to be like pickle stall dude. Really, that's ranked so low on what I would want. Remember, I didn't see much of anything aside from various stalls. But specifically, like, the guy who sold us pierogies, like, or the guy who sold me turkey on a stick, like, I was like, or turkey leg. I was like, oh, this seems like he's putting the least effort in. Yeah, pick on a stick guy? Well, I mean, turkey leg guy, but probably about the same guy. Yeah. Um, I think that's what I loved about him. I feel like I could bring a lot more energy. Oh, okay. Mm. You t- you took it and you turned it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like this is this is for me one of the main attractions going into this Ren Fair. Again, Julia talked up these pickles a lot. She uh, did. Not that they were she good, did. but that they were, you know, an important part of it to her, and she is the person throughout uh, through which I was experiencing. For reference, a uh, Julia is vegetarian, so no turkey legs. Yeah. Um. So like. The fact that this guy was just kind of absentmindedly putting pickles on sticks felt like a disservice to this stand. Oh, this is such a different... I'm so happy with this question because this is such a different angle than I thought you'd come at it with. That's a much different angle than I was coming at it. Okay, Rob, you go. Uh, Blacksmith or archery guy? Oh, I answered wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Did you even see the blacksmith? Uh, no, I didn't get to. There's literally a guy who... There was who... a glass blower. That's what I was Oh, oh that's you another know good one, actually. You know who's even cooler than the glass blower? I mean, we all know it's the blacksmith. Yeah, it's the blacksmith. Yeah. Literally a person who, like, sits and, like, forges things. He, the, sorry, not he. The blacksmith is in an area where they are, like, kind of among shopping things. And last year, Marissa, like, was wandering around and, like, looking at the birds or whatever the shopping was around there and i was just like yo grab me when you want to leave this area because i'm just going to watch this person hammer metal it is so cool um very pumped to see that yeah yeah 100 percent. you should be uh when rob and i went we went to what i thought was going to be like a premier archery competition and (laughs) turned out to just be a time when you could go pay five dollars to shoot some arrows (laughs) How did how did how premiere was it? Well, it was okay. So Rob fucking killed it, uh, as you can tell by his arrow of light over here. 
not from this, but just Rob knows how to fucking shoot a bow. Uh, and I was wearing an undersized Spider-Man costume <laughs> <laughs> with with a like large V cut in the back, mostly, um, and was not very good at it. But I like to think that I was better at it than I... I don't know. I'm a white dude. I think I'm good at everything. <laughs> like, that's, that's it. I didn't do very well. I forgot to ask the most important and most obvious question of what were you wearing to the Ren Fair? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was the first week it was the first week of Halloween, so of course I was wearing the Spider-Man costume. Uh but also I was wearing a ca- my D&D cape or what would later become my Dungeons and Dragons cape, of which I have since sewn a the world is a beautiful place and I'm no longer afraid to die patch onto. Um but I wore that cape and also a sword. Was it was it the foam sword? Yeah, the foam sword. Okay, good person at the Ren Fair who I would most like to be. So in high school I did, this is off the top maybe there's someone better, but in high school I did acapella and like for a long time, I, I hit puberty way late so for a long time I had like a good ability to sing at least in my own head. I was in like select chorus uh, which is a stage up from normal chorus, uh, a little above the plebeians um and I was like I felt like a decent soprano and I haven't felt that same way since my voice changed um, but senior year of high school I was in our our school's acapella group and since I left there I've always been a little like oh like sad that I'm not as good at singing or like when I sing I do like a fun like front bottoms or other band voice along with it so it's less about how I'm singing less about how I sound and more about the style in which I'm singing um, where it doesn't matter as much but uh, the first time we went to the Ren Fair, the first thing we did was we went to grab a drink and uh, we were sitting around at the one bar and this group of pirates came out and the pirates just sang for like 40 minutes which was a lot of fun um similarly they had a single group participation um song uh the song was called sex with the bearded man i was the participant um it was i do not remember the lyrics well enough to say if it was a homophobic song or not but the joke was definitely like haha sex with the guy and you are also a guy um so we can we can just go ahead and assume it was like at, at least a little homophobic Sounds edgy. Yeah. You were you were looking at me and I thought you had something to say. Um But anyway, you know, less that song, like the idea of going to the Ren Fair, dressing as a pirate, being a character who drinks and like singing, that seems great. Like I've literally this isn't the wrong word for it, this is the right word for it, but literally fantasized about like wouldn't it be cool to go to the Ren Fair and like live there for a while in this same kind of fantasy of like guy you know version of me who takes a while off to go do the at or version of me who like takes a while off to go bike across the country version of me who takes a summer off and works at the rent fair oh that's really cool that's 100 percent a person i'd like to be sometime version of me who takes a weekend and just goes on a hike <laughs> you want to come next time yeah. yeah. Labor Day. At a at a minimum, just open your Labor Day. 
feel like I'm always traveling on Labor Day. But anyway, um, it works we out, don't need to huh? do planning on the podcast. Uh, so I actually saw you the day. I mean, you know this, Rob. You maybe know this, uh, Nick. I saw you the day before you, or the day of the Ren Fair before you went. Uh, you were at my house till maybe twelve thirty to play the new Mario game with me. By play, I mean sit on the couch while I played, which is as much playing to me as anything. Uh, definitely. Um, I find watching a fun video game, uh, to be, and maybe more enjoyable than playing one. Yeah. Because I don't have to do any work. But that's kind of like a... Um, in By my perspective, that's a weird opinion for an older brother to have. That's like a younger brother kind of opinion. A um, younger sibling kind of opinion, really. Uh, I never really thought about it that way. Uh, See? You go. I feel like you couch a lot more things in terms of... Uh, your siblings than I do. Okay. Um, did uh, uh, Nick has one sibling, uh, Meg? Did, was she a video game person? Uh, only a very little bit. Uh, okay. Pretty much anything involving mini mini games. Uh, so we played a lot of like Pac-Man Fever, which is a yes Mario Party equivalent for those oh, unfortunate enough not to be familiar. It's equivalent, um, so long as you don't know what the word equals means, and you think it means the same as less than. Uh, <laughs> like, it is It is just as good, if not better, than Mario Party. It is just as bad, if not worse, than Mar- <laughs> uh, the worst version of Mario Party. Um, but at that end, there's another, there's a Crash Bandicoot game uh, that was entirely minigames. That was a... Uh, if it's the one I'm thinking of, that was a good game. I enjoyed uh, that one. This is, we're talking, yeah, PlayStation 1 era. Yep. Very, very good. Uh, we wasted many a day. That one with the pogo sticks, saving. where you could drop people oh, at the bottom. That was yeah. a good minigame. <sighs> yep. I can still hear the, the like, sound effects of that one with the bumper cars. And the balls that are just towards the end there, where it's just, like... 57 metal balls flying around and, yep. and you're yep. just not keeping up. Anyway, this Mario Party equivalent. Yeah. A kind of Pac-Man fever. I played it on the GameCube. I know this game. You can play as Pac-Man or also this one guy from Tekken, I think? The old guy? That makes sense. I don't know where that any of the out. characters were from. Okay. There was also Pac-Man, a girl obviously. that you could play as or Miss Pac-Man, I think. All, there weren't like eight characters. There were like very uh, Aseroth. Uh, he was the guy that I'm thinking of. But wait, no, no. There was also an old guy. Do 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 do. Hi Hachi. Uh, oh, they were both from Soul Calibur. Sorry. Yeah, I also played a lot of Pac-Man Fever. Um, even though we owned Mario Party, which like literally Mario Party Four. Mario Party Two and Mario Party Four, I think, were the best Mario Parties, and we owned both of them. But we still played a good amount of Pac-Man Fever just because, like, when you're playing these games all the time, you had to have, you know, some variety. Yeah, just switched up. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, those were, like, the two things uh, me and Nick would, would play mostly. But I was very, very much the gamer of the two of us. Okay. I was... Betwe- between my brother and I, we both were the gamer, but I was the older person by four years, so, like, I played a little more. Uh, but we absolutely, like, 
I probably had more fun playing, but I had a lot of fun watching. Um, I will still very happily, like, throw on Twitch or something. Like, it's a good time for sure. So, so when you're saying that, like, it's just as fun for you to come over and watch a game, there's a part of me that's like, okay, well, like, you have to make the host kind of decision of, like, oh, like, are you sure you don't want to play? But I'm just as happy to, to play and enjoy the company of someone else. Yeah, um, I, like talking about the game i had a great time talking about the game oh yeah and and i thought a lot of their design decisions were not only intelligent but like fun and cool like just all around what a good game so without playing it so for this new mario game this is super mario mario odyssey um it is so unlike other mario games in the same way that the newest uh zelda game was so unlike other zelda games um you play as Mario with this hat, uh, and weirdly enough, the hat is Mario's, like, friend who turns into a version of Mario's hat, and Mario can throw the hat, and when the hat lands on certain things, Mario is able to possess this thing. So when the game starts, you are possessing, like, frogs, but eventually there is a New York City-style level where you possess... There's literally an option to possess a taxi cab... And just, like, drive off into nothingness. And then there's an option also to possess a guy. And then while you are possessing this human man, to drive around a, like, RC car. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, there's also, there's some point where someone is, like, someone says something along the lines of, like, I am ready for you. And it's super oh, creepy. I don't like that. No. Nope. I I didn't know about this line when I endorsed this game. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a, a Animal Crossing. I was big into Animal Crossing on the Nintendo DS, and they would occasionally give you bonus characters, where you would uh, street pass, which is like pretend to walk by some sort of famous person from Nintendo, and if you street pass someone and they had an Animal Crossing profile, then you would get to be able to see the house they were in. And the thing, like, famously that one of the Nintendo, like, representatives said when you saw them was their, like, little line of dialogue that they got was, my body is ready. Which, oh, what a weird thing to say. Um, They know this game is for children, right? Oh, uh, Animal Crossing is not for children, and we will not discuss this (laughs) today. Uh, But it was uh, Reggie from Nintendo. Um... There may be, uh, this may be a meme from before my time, apparently. Anyway, uh, we'll talk more about Animal Crossing when Tony or Jenna or someone else who I don't know is in Animal Crossing is on here. Uh, this Mario game's weird. Uh, Control a little weird. At first, I was hesitant of it. Um, overall, I'm enjoying it, I guess. Odyssey has not grabbed me the same way that Super Mario Galaxy had. And it also has not grabbed me the same way that uh, the new Zelda game has, Breath of the Wild. So, it it is very good. It is just up against things which I love a lot. Um, that being said, there's a lot more like playtime available in this than in Galaxy, I think. In Galaxy, it was kind of like, here is your mission for the level. Whereas in Odyssey, it's like, here's a level, find all 75 things to do here. 
It's been very different. Um, and I think 75 is just, that should be an exaggeration, and it's not. No, it's a, if anything, it's a minimum. And and that's almost too open-ended. Like, I don't want to make other people's decisions for them, but, like, I'm a completionist when I do actually play video games instead of watching them. Uh, it, it bugs me when I can't do all the things, and it would just take so long to do all that. I'm looking forward to all the time it takes to do that. Whereas where I got stuck with uh, Breath of the Wild was I had out of the 120 like major things to find, I had three left and no good way to track them down in this huge world. Um, so, so that's where I felt a little lost. Ready for a left turn? Yeah. Nick, what'd you do uh, after the Ren Fair? Did you happen to maybe look at buying a house? So, I want to say it, might, it was like a week later. So, the timeline. I'm now really... No, it was the day after, because it was a day that was going to be D&D and then didn't work. Uh, we tried to go see houses that day. Oh, uh, I see. Um, so, that day we wanted to go see an open house, uh, specifically when D&D was supposed to start. We showed up to the open house, and this house was closed <laughs> and locked, and no one was there. So that was really frustrating. Good. Um, we had seen one open house like a month and a half ago, uh, but it was not for a house in our price range. It was for a house the next block over from where we lived, and we're like, oh, let's go see what going to an open house is like. This, uh, seems, this seems very like level-headed and responsible. Uh, yes. Specifically the part where you're like, even if this doesn't make sense, let's walk in so that, like... You know, you can check that box of having done it once. Yeah, and and on top of that, just to, like, see a house. Yeah. Uh, I don't have an understanding for how, like, this this is what this person wants to charge for this house. What would that money buy me? Mm-hmm. Um, can I afford anything I want at all? Because if, like, I can't afford this house and I walk in and it's a five-foot-by-five-foot five trash dump... Um, Okay, I'm I'm not gonna buy a house. I'm gonna keep renting. Uh, but it wasn't. It was it was, an, it was a nice house. It just didn't have a yard. Uh, and again, just I couldn't afford it anyway, so it doesn't matter. But uh, this past weekend, we we went around. I I got a I'm, I'm pre-qualified for a mortgage. Uh, so I know, like, how much money I can spend, and if I spent that, how much money I would have to spend on a monthly basis uh so that was a bit of a reality check um and then on top of that but i we, mean that's that's like a reality check isn't necessarily a bad thing it wasn't if anything it grounds you in reality which is where you live mostly yeah mm-hmm. uh and it was also nice to know it was it was good to have a number to to, to work with yeah. you know like i can't shop for a house uh, without knowing roughly what kind of money I can spend. Uh, and I can't know that until I know what the bank will let me spend. Um, but we got pre-qualified for that. Um, it's a, a really bizarre process. Like, you put in six or seven tidbits of information, and then it's like, okay, let me think for 90 seconds, and then, it, like, my... S- screen refreshed and just turned into like a countdown timer oh uh and i'm like cool 
and uh, sorry uh, to to preface, I had to tell it what I wanted to be qualified for, so I had to guess oh. what I could afford. Mm-hmm. It might work better for somebody who knew what they wanted, but like I'm just trying to find a starting point, and all I had to go off was I had done some research on what is a smart amount of your money to spend on a monthly basis, and then back mathing uh, a yeah, total into, value of into a house. what that becomes. Yeah. Um, so that's all I had to go off of, and then. I put that number in. Suddenly there's a countdown timer. And I hit enter, and it's just like 90, 89, 80. And I'm like, well, shit, can I like not afford the house I want to? Great, this will be a fun minute and a half. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly how long minimum you're going to be anxious about this topic. Um, so 40 seconds in, uh, I, I was approved. It was very nice. Okay. Um. It worked out okay, and and we got set up with a realtor, and she sent us a bunch of listings, and I said specifically, don't put me in a house north of Norris, please, and she sent, like, 18 listings north of Norris, so that was frustrating, Um, but we're getting that all sorted, and we actually went and saw uh, four houses this past weekend, uh, two of which we chalked off immediately, Um, and the other two were, were nice, and, like, one of them... Like, if I saw this house in February, which is about, like, my ideal time I think I want to move. Like, I think I might have bought this house in February. Yeah. You want to move in February? Uh, I want to have overlap. So, one of the things we're looking for is, like, a not... Sorry, for for reference, when is your current lease end? Uh, The end of June. Okay. So, I need overlap because we're not looking for a perfect house. We're looking for something we can kind of fix up a bit. Not like a... It's got to be livable. You're looking for a spring hobby. Uh, In a way. A spring hobby that if I don't get my shit together <laughs> and do it good like every other spring hobby, uh, I get a little homeless. So okay. I'll be a little more driven on this one, I think. Um, well, I hope. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I have to find a house first. Um, I, I, if I saw this thing in like February... And was and it wasn't the first weekend of houses I had seen, so I don't really have a lot to compare it to. But we're really excited about that one, and I think like that was the kind of house I would buy. Oh, um, that's very exciting. Yeah, uh, which has made the whole experience a little less daunting. Like knowing, oh, there are things out there where I think I could like swallow, I could I could deal with, I could deal with having a house, guys. Um, Makes one of us. <laughs> Or two of you. But. Uh, I mean, maybe it'd come back to me in a year or five. Makes one of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, it feels like a really permanent decision. I, I don't know I'm staying here. Chelsea doesn't know she's staying here. Like that's, I can't know that. And so it, it feels like a really weird... It almost feels like a gamble. Like I'm gambling on being here a few years for this to make sense. Um, but yeah, we're gonna buy something and hopefully make it a little nicer and enjoy it and live in it. And and stop fucking moving every six months. I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. Oh my god, it's exhausting. Uh, that summer between the two years where we uh, lived at our last apartment uh, was one of the one of just the finest experiences where I didn't move. It was literally like I had I had lived in the same place up until college and then i moved 
eight times during five years, um, including a two-day stint at my parents' house, which I had to record on my government clearance. So it was just, like, a pain. I had to submit, like, pages extra because they were not expecting someone to move around as much as me. So, yeah. It's been... um bizarre absolutely uh it's a is is weirdly adult a bad way to to phrase it it's the way i'd put it uh i don't see myself as that grown up yet how do you feel going through this now in comparison to when you were like first apartment hunting after moving out of dorms um and or you cross probably just about as lost how you I don't know how I'm supposed to know what a thing is worth. Yes. At all. There yeah, are really. very difficult. Yeah. Ab- about a million, if I were to guess, uh, different parameters on this house. Like, just just location has been a struggle to figure out how much we care about, uh, and and where we can accept trade-offs and yeah. It's it. It was a lot. A lot of just not knowing what trade off is worth how much, and also just trying to find a place that is absolutely perfect, which is tricky for some reason. Yeah, for some the something about the phrasing you used of uh, the word perfect being part of it that seems difficult. <laughs> Luckily, part of what we're looking for is is some imperfection, some place where we could improve and put like our own stamp on it. Um, I definitely don't want like a freshly made place because I'll feel guilty for repainting the walls a different color because <laughs> they just put this paint on last week. Like we walked into one house, um, and like I could smell the paint, and I was like, "Oh, what a shame! What a shame!" Because I'm just gonna change it. This is a boring color. <laughs> Uh, they had really ugly carpets. We didn't like that house. I'd suggest not buying that house. Don't do that. You don't like it. That's good advice. This is an advice podcast now. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's a it's a show about advice, salsa, and differences. Um. So yeah, it's it's been fun too. Uh, I've always I've spent a lot of time looking at houses. As I mentioned, I moved a lot as a kid. <laughs> Uh, How active were you in your parents' move, like, in being like, we're gonna look at this place? Uh, I, I think we went to every house they went to. We were always a part of the train, uh, a part of the train, if not part of like the decision necessarily. Um, but yeah, I, I was bought to every house, and when we lived in North Carolina, we were friends. Like my parents were best friends with a realtor. I don't even think our realtor, they were just really close to one realtor. And every time he got like a really cool property, he would need someone to show it to so that he'd have a good excuse to go hang out at this cool house. So my parents <laughs> would just like, and, and me and, and I you too, guys by extension. Yeah. Um, all four of us would just go hang out with this realtor and like check out a real sweet house. So like a lot of time I've spent at open houses and, and just tours and stuff. Uh, it's it was definitely a big part of growing up, and I've always enjoyed it. It's always been fun to look at people's houses. That's interesting. Because for me, it was like the first time I had to compare two places, which wasn't even till sophomore year. Because freshman year was like okay, honors dorm, yeah. So sophomore year, I was just like, 
I have a choice between two things and I have no way to rank them. So I was like, oh, well, everyone else is doing this one. Okay, this one. Um, instead of no way to rank them, there are a oh, hundred ways to rank them. That's a better, yeah, no definitive way. Yeah. Might have been more what I meant, but you're 100% right. Um, which is which has been it just I want to emphasize that's been the hardest part so far, and that's my house hunting saga. I'll keep you guys updated. I mean, good luck. Thanks. If you want yeah. to buy me a house for my birthday instead of buying you a house for your birthday, I'm looking to continue aging in February. I'll I'll see if it lines up. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about my apartment? Do you want to talk about Trump, or do you want to wrap? I am starting to fall asleep. All right. So. As we know, this is a learning podcast. This is a place where we come to learn about the differences between ourselves and each other. What is this intro? This Uh, is an outro. What is this outro? The intro to the outro. Uh, And uh, every show since, like, two ago. I guess, so not every show, but some shows, recent shows, uh, we like to talk about something that we learned. Rob, what did you learn this week? Uh, I learned that despite the fact that apparently house hunting isn't as scary as I think, I'm still scared of it and I don't want to do it. Mm. Uh, Ian, I learned that... Uh, I don't really know what I learned here today. Like, I am still upset about parts of the election, but I think that the election is not really the important thing. The important thing is the state that led us to that election. And I kind of feel powerless about it. That's sad. You don't always learn happy things. (laughs) (laughs) We can't change the important bits. That's good to know. Well, I I learned that, uh, you know, that the gluten-free JoJo's with the peppermint in them have relatively brittle and, you know, light, not dense outsides. Very airy. Yeah, very, very airy. airy. Yeah. Threw me off. I, I hate to steal your bit about the JoJo's, Nick, but what did you learn this week? Um, I, I didn't know there'd be a test. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I did try to hint this earlier when I implied that no one in my building... Uh, my building learned nothing collectively about burgling or theft. Do you want me to stall for 45 seconds? Sure. When I was, when I was a little kid, the constant segment on this podcast is the fact that I do not understand how anything in the world works. When I was a little kid, there's a line, and still is, in the movie Toy Story where Rex um, realizes that Woody is not actually a bad guy uh, and that Rex contributed to throwing Woody... Um, out of all the other toys and Rex yells oh great now I have guilt Um, Rex the dinosaur for maybe a decade maybe longer I thought that Rex was yelling oh great now I have gills as if like (laughs) feeling bad about things suddenly gave him the ability and reason to breathe underwater and it was it was just one of those things that as a kid i thought and i was like oh yes this is how the world works rex the dinosaur now has gills i haven't seen toy story in in at least a year and a half 
So don't ask me why this occurred to me to put on the list of topics for this week. <laughs> it, it is did. random. Uh, and I'm glad it wasn't something sad. I learned yeah. that the bullet point, uh, oh great, now I have guilt, wasn't as depressing as I thought it'd be. Nope. Um, One of the happiest ones on there. I learned that Renfair has so much more to offer than I even thought even after going to one. Oh, oh yes. So much. It is, and then honestly if you took a long weekend and just did rent fair that would be a good idea what do you want to do longer term camping wise oh um are you trying to camp for a longer time or are you trying to backpack i'm just i'm just trying to like get out and camp a little bit okay yeah i just haven't done that very yet i haven't done enough hiking or or camping as as much as i want to cool over the past um couple of summers it was it was definitely something we did a lot of growing up I'd like to get back to him. Oh, fuck. This is the part where I'm supposed to close the show. Yeah. Uh, this is the part where we don't do outros very good. Okay, well, uh, this week it's easier. Uh, I still have not gotten permission from anyone, by which I mean clap your hands say yeah, to actually use their music for intro or outro. But this week I'm just going to steal the music from the 538 Politics Podcast because it, it as much as anything else, really evokes like a, a, a certain memory for me of how I felt at this time. Um, they changed the music immediately following this election. So thanks to 538 uh, for not getting that upset when the two people who listen to this hear your music again here. Uh, night, everybody. Good night. Good night, Ian. <laughs>